Live from Chatterbox Sports Studios, it's Off the Bench with Tom Brenneman. Oh, good morning, good morning, a pleasant good Thursday morning, and man, oh man, I mean like puking on Jaeger. It's another beautiful morning here in Hamilton, Ohio. Truly is, Tom. You liked that, didn't you? I did, that was good. Yeah. Tom's Tom Tom's been on a heater this no, morning. No, my old my old There's buddy Bob Brenly. My old buddy fire. Bob Brenly used to say all the time, you know how people say slipping in the mud. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he got tired of hearing slipping in the mud, so he came up. I stole that line from him. Nice. It's not really a good line to say good morning to people with. But good morning, <laughs> gentlemen. Casey, you're looking good. You're ready to go. I'm ready to go, Tom. Ready to go. As ready as I'll ever be, of course. We got lots to get to uh, here today. Uh, Elliot, you're well, and uh, Joe Burrow, are you okay over there? I feel great. Thank you for calling me Joe. I mean, we're, yeah, look just like one of the same. (laughs) Okay. Both handsome fellas. No doubt about it. No doubt. No doubt. Although I'm not sure your wife feels that way right about now. We'll get to that later. We welcome you to Off the Bench, presented by United Dairy Farmers. I'm Tom Brenneman. We come your way Monday through Friday, 10 a 12 p. And that's Eastern Time. You can join us on YouTube, the Chatterbox Sports page. We also broadcast live on Twitter. If you'd rather join us in podcast form, by all means, search Off the Bench with Tom Brenneman. And you are dialed in tonight, tonight, boys and girls. If the Bengals have any hope of winning a third straight AFC North title, and get a home playoff game, they need a win tonight. If they just want to get to the postseason, now they don't have to win tonight, but it would surely help. This is a big-time game. Primetime, national TV, or at least national streaming TV. The Bengals have ruled out star-wide receiver T. Higgins, still bothered with a hamstring. They've ruled out defensive lineman Sam Hubbard, still bothered with an ankle. Those are two big pieces to this team. The good news, Trey Hendrickson was a full go in practice yesterday. He's ready for tonight. And that could be a key to this game. Because remember now, Baltimore's starting left tackle has been ruled out. Ronnie Staley. Ravens standout starting safety Marlon Humphrey is considered doubtful tonight. That could be a big key. The Ravens have three other starters listed as questionable for tonight. But that's been the M.O. for the Ravens, and yet they find a way to keep winning. Kickoff is set for 8-15. Now, if you're in the Cincinnati market, the game will be on ABC. I think that's Channel 9 here, yep. correct? Yep. Okay. That'll be on TV in the Cincinnati market. If you're not in the Cincinnati market, you got to watch it uh, on Amazon Prime, and that means you got to pay for it. We will break down some of the key matchups in this game coming up shortly. In fact, we'll be joined by Engravens. He is the man when it comes to following Ravens football. He's in Baltimore, and he's joining us in a matter of moments. Now, yesterday, we spent a lot of time talking about the Deshaun Watson season-ending shoulder injury, assuming that P.J. Walker would take his place, right? No. Head coach Kevin Stefanski has decided to go with rookie Dorian Thompson-Robinson against the Steelers this Sunday. The former UCLA star got his first career start in week four. That's when Watson was warming up before the game. Shoulder started hurting. They gave the ball to Robinson. It was not pretty. He threw for less than 130 yards, and he threw three picks in a 28-3. Just absolute killing is what it was. College football, congratulations to the Miami Redhawks. And I say this painfully, but seriously. 
With last night's 23-10 win over Buffalo, Coach Martin's team has won the MAC East title and will play in the MAC title game in two weeks against Toledo. Reigning champion Ohio University won last night 34-20 over Central Michigan, but the uh, Bobcats were eliminated with Miami's win. College Hoops, Roddy Gale Jr. scores 20. Ohio State beats Mary Mack. That sounds like a Eastern Seaboard school, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Sounds like a man of the high seas, like Marty. He's joining us later, too. Yeah, 76-52 the final there tonight. Dayton plays at LSU. Wright State playing the Hoosiers. We leave right after the show, right, Tom? Go over to Bloomington and watch that game? Today's all about football. All right. No. Fair enough. Uh, and in baseball, lastly, Padres lefty Blake Snell won his second Cy Young Award last night. He joined six others to have won a Cy Young in each league. And how about this company? Randy Johnson, Pedro Martinez, Gaylord Perry, Roy Halladay, Roger Clemens, and Max Scherzer. Not too shabby. Garrett Cole wins his first Cy Young Award, taking it in the American League. All right, let's get right to it. It's all about football, 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 Bengals football. And our man in Gravens, we've not seen him in a year. We love this dude. This is one of our favorite guys around. Were you in some highfalutin hotel there in Baltimore now, my man? Come on now. Oh, no. I, I Come wish, on. That, that would be nice. <laughs> how, are you, how are you, though, Tom? How's, how's it going? Everything's going good. Uh, I know you got to be excited. Uh, it looks like it's going to be a nice day there, right? I mean, just based on the sun coming in. I, I, I wish it would come in a bit more. Uh, I'm used to the Florida weather. This this Baltimore weather is tough. I, I'm originally from Maryland, but haven't lived there in a while. So I'm freezing, freezing cold. Oh, Engravens, I would never want to call you a snowflake. You're bordering on that right now when you, you start talking like that, my man. I mean, come on now. You're better than that. I mean, the Ravens are better than that. You're better than that. All right, well, what are you thinking here tonight? I mean, both teams are coming off a loss, right? Mm-hmm. A game that both teams, you know, kind of feel like they should win, especially the Ravens, because yeah. they had a big lead late, let it get away. What are your thoughts overall, big picture tonight? Just shaky, shaky. Um, I, I think both Bengals and Ravens fans are shaky about this game uh, because, of, like you mentioned, uh, both teams felt like they would certify victories last week. I know I for sure, while, while I was watching the Ravens and the Browns game, I kept peeking over at the, the, the Bengals and Texans game, and I was thinking, oh, okay, it's close. Uh, yeah, Bengals will take care of that. I hope the Texans win, but Bengals will take care of that. And the game kept being close, and then the Texans, they, they ended up winning us. Whoa, what happened? Uh, and then with the Ravens, I figured, oh, it's the Browns. I know it's a division game, but we'll take care of business, especially the way that the game started off. Yeah. Because uh, the second play from scrimmage, Deshaun Watson throws a pick six. I'm like, oh, yeah, this is going to be one of those games. We jump out to a, a 17-3 lead. In the first quarter, and I'm like, oh yeah, we we don't necessarily have it in the bag, but as the game went on, yeah, we'll, we'll take care of business. And everything, of course, unraveled, unfolded, and it just it, it was a tough, tough loss. Um, but going into this game, uh, both teams very beat up. Uh, it is getting towards that point of the season where you just hope and wish for health. Uh, but both teams are going to be missing some key guys. I know the Bengals. Going to be missing uh, Hubbard and, and T. Higgins, too. Uh, and T. Higgins was um, – he was big. He co- he scored two touchdowns in the first Ravens-Bengals yep. game. So, to be without him, uh, that'll make Jamar Chase, uh, I'm, who I'm sure has no problem with stepping up, but that'll make him have to step up in the course, boy. But uh, the thing with Joe Burrow, um, he's shown, like, over the years – I know there have been times when maybe Jamar Chase has been out, T. Higgins has been out, but he's shown over the years, like, even though – even if he's missing – one of his main guys, 
that he can still get it done. So I'm sure Joe Burrow and them, they will still uh, be a problem and being annoying like Thorne in, in the Baltimore Ravens side tonight, and they're still going to present their issues. Now, the Baltimore Ravens on their side, uh, they're going to be missing Ronnie Stanley, their starting left tackle. Um, but he was out the last Bengals game too. Yep. Uh, now, Marlon Humphrey, he hasn't been ruled out officially yet, but it is doubtful that he plays. He didn't practice this week. He got the um, he got the uh, oh, I forget what injury it was in the Browns game, but he didn't practice all this week, uh, so I, I would not expect him to play. But he also didn't play in the last Bengals game too. Um, now these team, two teams are much different than they were when they faced each other in week two, but still a divisional matchup. Um, so it should be should be a really really good one, a really really stressful one. Uh, what I'm hoping in this game is that especially coming from the Baltimore Ravens side. I'm hoping that they stop doing what they've been doing a lot throughout this year. And <clears throat> what I mean when I say that is a lot of times the Baltimore Ravens, they tend to go away from what works. They tend to uh, go away from what's obviously a, a strength of theirs uh, in games. And they did it last week. Last week, Keaton Mitchell uh, who has came out of nowhere to a lot of people in the NFL. Um, he had a big first carry, 39-yard touchdown run. And he's showed how explosive he was in the previous game against the Seahawks. Uh, but then he had, on in the same court, he had a, a big, I think, a 30-yard screenplay. So two big plays from Keith Mitchell. And the Baltimore Ravens were like, oh, you know what? No, we're not going to use him anymore. So he just, they just stopped. And I would think with the Bengals, especially their, their run defense being one of their weaknesses, that the Baltimore Ravens would really try to take advantage of that. Uh, so it's going to be interesting to see how this one plays out. Uh, it's going to be loud there. Uh, it's going to be crazy there. It's going to be very uh, – everybody is really invested into this one uh, because this is such a huge game. Both teams are fighting for the division. Uh, with the news coming out yesterday that Deshaun Watson he got messed up shoulder, messed up ankle. He's done for the year. He's having surgery. That For us Ravens fans, that made the loss hurt even more because I'm like, really, we, we lost to a Deshaun Watson. First, we lost to the Browns in the way that they lost. But on top of that, his shoulder was messed up and his ankle was messed up. And in the second half, he did not miss. He did not throw a single incompletion, and we lost, really? Uh, so that, that that made us sting that much more. But um, this is a big game for the division, a huge game for the division, because you can't necessarily count the Browns out of it. But when you don't have your starting quarterback, uh, and you build your team around your starting quarterback, so to be without him, uh, that that's a big blow for them. And I, I'm not sure if they can overcome it. I, I don't think they will be able to. Of course, anything's possible, but that kind of – makes it more uh, of the Bengals or Ravens division this year. So this is a huge game tonight. All right. Now, you know, you, you brought up a couple of things in there that I want to ask you about because, um, you know, I don't watch start to finish Ravens games. You right. do. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I read where in the last seven games that they have lost, they have had the lead in the fourth quarter. Their win percentage ranged anywhere from 72 to 74% all the way up into the 90%, okay? So they've let leads get away. But look, they're, they're still one of the best teams in football. But I'm just curious, from where you sit, and you brought up about not running it last week and not giving it to the running back and all this kind of stuff, has it mainly been a letdown <coughs> of the players not being able to protect the lead? Or have the players been hurt by coaching decisions? whether it's play calling, whatever it might be, or is it a combination of the two in your opinion? Yeah, I think it's certainly a combination of the two. Of course, everything uh, starts at the top, uh, good or bad. 
Um, but I think it's definitely been a healthy, well, really unhealthy uh, combination of the two. Uh, in, in the last game uh, against the Browns, uh, right before halftime, um, Lamar Jackson, and he had got he had got rocked the play before. So maybe that has something to do with it, but I don't know. But he threw uh, probably one of the worst interceptions that I've ever seen him throw. Uh, to It was a pass intended for Rashad Bateman. It went short, and I initially thought, okay, maybe Lamar thought that Rashad Bateman was running a comeback route, but Rashad Bateman had ran a goal route. I, I thought it maybe it was a miscommunication. Either way, whatever it was, it was bad. It, it was really bad, so that took away points. Um, and then, like we talked about with uh, the, the lack of usage in the second half with Keith Mitchell, uh, so the, the Lamar play, that's execution, but the lack of use, usage of Keith Mitchell in the second right. half, that's coaching. Um, and then on the uh, there was a pick six that Lamar Jackson threw. On a pick six, it was a pass that was intended for the fullback, Patrick Ricard. Lamar was throwing it to him, but the um, the right tackle literally just got pushed down. <laughs> he got pushed down uh, in the number 54 in the Browns. He jumped in the passing lane, tipped the ball up in the air. Uh, Greg Newsom, he catches the pick, runs it back to the house, so... That's execution. So it, it's it's a, an unhealthy mix of both. So a lot is on the coaches and a lot is on the players, uh, and they have to find a way to, to stop that. Because like you mentioned, there have been a lot of games, double-digit leads. And not only double-digit leads, but double-digit leads in the fourth quarter. That is yeah. the worst part in the yeah. fourth quarter. Because it's like, all right, fourth quarter, that's when you're supposed to – Especially if you have a double-digit lead, you're thinking, right, yeah. 15 minutes, oh, yeah, no problem. Just got to take care of business. We'll get it handled. But the Ravens, they they have this thing where it's not handled yet, and they, they squander things. So I, I think it's important that – and a lot of Raven fans have been calling for this all year, and even years past, too, since it's been an ongoing issue. But Ravens have an issue where for three quarters, they'll put their foot on the gas. And it's like, all right, let's go, let's go, baby, we're getting it. And then in that fourth quarter, they'll sit back, relax, sort of take it easy, and then teams will creep right back in the games. Um, now this year, they the seven and three right now. So obviously, for the most part, they've yeah. been winning. But there's still been, even when you win, I think it's still important to notice uh, your deficiencies, to notice that things that you do bad and things that you need to improve on. And that has been something that the Baltimore Ravens need to improve on big time: the self-inflicted wounds and just not putting teams away. All right, let me ask you this. We know that the, the Ravens are first in rushing attempts. They're first in rushing yards. They're first in sacks. And they're first in scoring defense. So, 7-3, and three, when you, you just look at those numbers alone and nothing else, it, it would add up to, to a good football team. But whether it's due to injury or poor play, if you were a Bengals fan, Okay, or no, 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 let me switch it around. As a Ravens fan, what part of this game concerns you the most? I think the Bengals feel like the fans here, you know, is Baltimore just going to be able to line up and run the ball down your throat, seven, eight, nine-minute drives capped off by touchdowns, and you only get a handful of possessions each half, if even that, right? What's the Ravens fan concern about this game tonight? Hmm. Um, the self-inflicted wounds and just turnovers. Um, one of the biggest things I think we'll be concerned about is, is fumbles. Uh, with the fumbles, I know Lamar Jackson has had a handful of fumbles. Um, a lot of them due to just poor offensive line play, uh, poor pass protection. Because there have been several times this year when it's a throwing play, uh, Lamar drops back to pass, uh, the left tackle, or sometimes the right tackle, they just get beat from the jump, and he's – Pulling the ball back to pass and boop, 
defender knocks it out of his hands, fumble. Um, and then <clears throat> with Justice Hill, uh, running back, he, him and Lamar just seem to have some weird kind of messed up chemistry at the mesh point when Lamar's trying to hand it off to him and sometimes Lamar will pull it back. They fumbled a couple times this year. So I, I think um, the biggest worry for uh, Ravens fans would be the self-inflicted wounds for sure. Okay. All right. All right. Well, it's going to be really, really exciting. And uh, I know mm-hmm. you're just crazy busy. Hey, how about your uh, how about your profile pick this day? You hanging out with your guy Lamar? Oh yeah, that was from um, that was from this this off season when we uh, had the opportunity to interview Lamar Jackson, and he um, he just like you see when he's in the media, uh, very humble, laid back yeah. guy, super nice, super chill. Um, that's the same way that he he is in person. So it, it was really cool. We got to meet him a couple of times. Uh, so he's always been super cool every time. I know. Um, John Harbaugh, uh, a lot of times John Harbaugh has brought up that Lamar Jackson, he has this uh, photographic memory. And initially when I heard John Harbaugh said, say that, I didn't really, I took it lightly. And I thought, oh, that, that's cool, but it is what it is, whatever. Maybe that's just coach talk trying to hype up his quarterback. Uh, but when I met him, I had uh, called my son. Because Lamar Jackson is, is the only player that he knows on the Baltimore Ravens. And he knows about Tyus Bowser because he loves Mario. Uh, and so Mario, you know, Mario goes against Bowser. <laughs> Mario, but, um, but Lamar Jackson is the, the person player that he knows. Like if he sees the jersey number eight, he'll know who it is. If he sees just Lamar's face alone, he'll know who he is. So I FaceTime my son Carter while I was with Lamar Jackson, and Lamar uh, he talked to him and saw him. He was like, "Hey, I, I remember you. I remember meeting you. I remember t- we took the picture uh, at uh, at Lamar Jackson's event fun day." So I'm like, "Man, Lamar Jackson, this guy who meets so many people yeah. all the time. Uh, for him to actually remember my son." That was really special to me. So that that was that was pretty cool. So whenever uh, I do hear John Harbaugh now, when I hear him say Lamar has a photographic memory, I always think of that moment. So it's special. That's really cool. That's a great story. I'm glad to hear that because even though the Bengals and the Ravens are going to go at it, that's nice to hear about Lamar Jackson. Congratulations to him uh, and you and your son. So uh, we'll see what happens, my man. You got any prediction? Last time I asked you this, you, you know, you waffled. Are you waffling on me again? I, I, I'll give a prediction. Um, All right. I will say Ravens by two. Okay. 28-26. Ravens wow. by two. Okay, cool. another high-scoring so game. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. My man, thank you so much for your time. Godspeed ahead. I appreciate you. All thank right, you. Man. All right, be good. What a great dude, man. I, re- I mean, I really, really like that on guy. His game. What's that? He was on his game. Oh, he, I mean, he's always on his game. He's just a cool guy. I mean, he's just yeah, – I, when I see good things happen to him and – and, and on his Twitter site and all this kind of stuff going on, I just, I'm, I'm really, really excited because he just seems like a genuinely really good dude. Mm-hmm. You know? No doubt He's into his Ravens now. Oh, well, sure. For sure. He, he, he got to hang out with Lamar Jackson. You get to hang out with Joe Burrow on this lovely Thursday. That's right. Tom, when was the last time you, you wore a jersey? Yeah, what, what was what – That was, would be never. Never? You, not one time. Not even for, for Anderson back in the day of uh, – Playing soccer? Well, and basketball. <laughs> I've got a great basketball picture of me in uniform, number 31. Uh, th- that doesn't count. That's not what he was asking me. Oh. Like, yeah. like He was asking me like that tired thing he has on today. Yeah, that's right. right. That's what you meant. That's correct. Yeah. Um, nope. Haven't had one on. Doesn't make me good, bad. Doesn't make me anything. I just I haven't put one on. Um, 
All right, boys, based on what you just heard right there, and we, we got a lot to cover here mm-hmm. today as far as mm-hmm. the because, I mean, this is it. This is it. Maybe that's a little too strong. This is it as far as the division goes. This is it. I mean, you go to 0-3 in the division, 1-5 in the conference. You'd be 0-2 against Baltimore. So, in essence, they would have – you know, not only a two-game lead over you after tonight at eight and three, and you'd be five and five, two and a half games technically, but they would have an additional game on top of you because of the tiebreak. So, if you have any hopes of what we've seen the last couple of years, where the Bengals win the division, they get at least one game playoff game at home. This is must-win TV tonight. Um, now, for the playoffs, you know. I mean, look, I think all of us, you know, when you're a fan of any team, you like to, 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 to lean towards the optimistic side. And the mm-hmm. Bengals give you lots of reasons to be optimistic and have for the better part now two and a half years. So, you know, I think all of us kind of say, well, if they lose and they're five and five, they still got a shot. And they do. They still got a shot. That is to make the playoffs. The Cleveland thing, it is what it is, Right. But they found a way to win two out of three games when they didn't have Deshaun Watson. The Steelers, I know we watch them play. I've watched them play more than anybody else in the division besides the Bengals. And and for the life of me, I don't know why. Maybe I'm a glutton for punishment watching that offense. It is so horrible until the last eight, ten minutes of the game. Right. Doesn't make any sense. And then they find a way to win games. So I'm not gonna I'm not just gonna dismiss the Steelers. I'm not gonna do it. And I'm not going to dismiss Cleveland, too. But these are the two best teams when they're at full strength and playing well. This is a game people want to see. Your early thoughts, as we know now about the injuries. We'll get to our keys to the game later in the show. We've got Marty Brenneman coming up at 1045. So I don't want to start getting into all these keys and stuff until after we have him. Yeah, my early thoughts are this I mean, you, you illustrated it perfectly when you said that they lose today, the division's done. That's, that's a foregone conclusion. They're 0-3 in the division. They're 5-5, five and five and, you know, they'd be way behind. If they lose today, they're also put themselves way outside the playoff picture, being 1-5 in the conference to where you'd then have to win probably 11 games because you'd have, like, no tiebreakers over anybody else. So 11-6 and six would be the only way to get into the postseason. So this is the most important game of the season. And it's rightfully against maybe the best team that the Bengals have played, or at least at this very moment. The 49ers were kind of on a cold streak when we played them, but going to Baltimore in prime time, that's tough. And we know Lamar Jackson's seven and one as a starter yep. against the Cincinnati. Yes, he Bengals. is in his career. We know that Joe Burrow as a three point underdog in his career, 12 0 and 1 against the spread, 10 and 3 straight up. So the, who's going to get it tonight? I don't know. Well, we're going to get predictions from everybody in this room, because we're going to lay a little money. We're going to put in 10 bucks a man today. Oh, my goodness. 10 bucks a man. Oh, my goodness. Winner take all. Okay. We're going to make our predictions for the game. Did these guys not tell you that already, or I have to tell you this on live television? You're telling me this on live television. What's happening here? I mean, we talked about this. This is like a miscommunication between quarterbacks and running backs, or coaches and quarterbacks. I mean, the three of us talked about this for 10 minutes this morning. Yeah, and then did. when Elliot gets here, and I happen to be uh, back in the uh, men's room, you all of a sudden, you guys can't tell him that. Well, I like to see his reaction on his face when 
we get to make a, make a good bet that is a amongst point. amongst the men in this room. So I mean, we are going up against the zebra. That's right. It's really this tough trip. to go up against the zebra. So we're gonna make predictions on the game, the score of the game. Okay. okay. Oh, now you're getting all the info. Okay. All right? I know this. We're gonna have a couple of other. <laughs> we're gonna parlay this in case there's tiebreakers. Okay. Yeah. So the second one doesn't come into account unless we need to have it. And the same thing with the third one. Okay. So the first one, score of the game. Right? If for some reason there's a tie there, say one person says it's going to be 10, maybe a different score. Casey says it's going to be 10. They would move on to the next thing, which would be over under, according to Betfred Sports, mm -hmm. which I believe you said, Casey, is 46. 46. Okay. So 46 would be the next one. You pick the over-under. And then the third category, if God forbid we get to that. Joe Mixon rush yards? Is that what we No, let's do Lamar Jackson rushing yards. Lamar Jackson rush yards. You got to pick the number. I like that. All right. Okay. All right. And if it comes to the third one, you wanted to play by Price is Right rules, which means if it comes to a third one, you pick 50, right? Right. He gets 49. I picked two, I would win because of the price is right over number. Is that correct? I mean, we don't have to do it that way. I just think that makes it interesting. Okay. Makes it a little interesting. Tom, right. I, think, I think you're hanging out with us too much because you always said that gambling is not one of your vices, but the more and more yeah. we do this show, the more and more you're just inching closer. You're just inching I'm telling closer you, to I that mean, gambling. I may as well finish off all of them. As, 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 um, Run the gamut, Tom. As Dick Enberg used to say, close the circle. That means close the circle on every sin because I would have them all if I just, if I just close the circle without. <laughs> there you go. It would all be there. Um, okay, so that's what we're going to do here today. Your early thoughts, Zebra, about this one tonight, without giving a score and without giving your prediction, please. The Bengals have not been good on the road in prime time. We, I've mentioned those stats all week. Mm -hmm. um, I, I'm very concerned about this. I, th obviously, they've not looked good in the division for the two games they've played this season. I don't know. I, I think right now, if I had to put money on it, I, I would say the Bengals win this game because I think the Bengals need it more. Hungry dog always runs faster, Tom. Yes, indeed. But saying that, I think the Ravens right now are the better team. Despite the injuries, despite everything, I, th I think the Ravens are, are, are the better football team tonight in, in Baltimore. So I would, probably be, I, would, I would probably have to go with the Ravens out of fear. But I think there's a chance. There's a, if there was ever a team to beat, you know, like the, the trends, it's the Bengals, yep. right? So yeah. the Bengals, they, they never won a playoff game. Joe Burrow gets here, boom, playoff win. Right. Never been to a Super Bowl in God knows how many years. Joe Burrow, boom, Super Bowl. Right. They've lost 25 of 26, their last road primetime games, they, including 14 of 14, their last since 2013 they've lost. How many were those with so, Joe, though? That's you know fair. That, like, that's what I'm saying. That's but what I'm, it's still a valid stat. A lot of Andy Dalton's. That's a lot of Andy Dalton's. Joe's been in them, too. Go ahead. Uh, but my point is, if there was ever a team to break out of that, it's this team. So that's what we have going for. It's going to be a close game. It's going to be one of the best games of the year. I'll put, I'll, I'll put my money on that. Here's the thing, Tom, and I was telling Casey about this before the show, is that vibes right now, like morale about the Cincinnati Bengals is admittedly pretty low because of, because of what happened with the Texans. Yep. But if... If almost an identical situation happened in those last three games against the 49ers, Bills, and Texans, if we went 2-1 and one and where we lost against the 49ers or we lost against the Bills but we beat the Texans, 
we'd be talking about these teams all the way back. I think that's fair. We'd be, we'd be talking because they'd won their most recent game, and it's all about what have you done for me lately. What we've seen from the Cincinnati Bengals team over the last five weeks is a team that's playing very good football, Tom. And granted, the worst game they played well, was last Sunday. I'm not, I'm not going that far. I'm not going that far. Very, very good. They got run over last week. They did. I mean, run over. And run over, passed over, beat. It was by far their worst game. For a 500 team. By far the worst game that they've played in, in a month and a half. And they had a chance to win it down the wire. They did. They did. They played very well against the 49ers. Played very well against the Bills. Played very well against the Cardinals. Played okay against the Seahawks. So, I mean, over the past five weeks, this has been a team playing high-level football. It has still been a team offensively that disappears for large chunks I've of I've averaged games. 27 points over the last five weeks. Well, that may be the case, but they, they have disappeared, and we know it. All right, Casey, you don't have your uh, orange and black glasses on. No. But you do have your orange and black lid and AFC championship hoodie on. I do. I do. So what are your early thoughts on this one, Casey McAllister, if any? We're not we're not giving predictions out, right? We're just no, we're not. giving thoughts. Early, thoughts. Early, early thoughts. early thoughts. My early thoughts, I'm I'm nervous. I think you look at the last couple of games that Burrow has played against the Ravens. Burrow has not really done great. 209, 217, 215, and then just this last uh, game of this season, he through for 222. So it's going to be a game where it probably is going to be low scoring. It's probably going to be a very grindy game where he has to be hyper-efficient, not make a lot of mistakes. And what did we see last week? We saw him make a couple mistakes. We've seen him struggle a little bit without a fully healthy T. Higgins, without a fully healthy receiving core. They didn't struggle a little bit throwing the football. Now, of course, we had those two really big plays from Jamar and Tyler Boyd. But you take those away, and what was the stat? Five yards Not even throw? That. Not even something. that? Yeah. I don't think that gets it done against the Ravens. you got to be more efficient than that. Well, here, here's an interesting note. I read this uh, today. You, you were just given some of those numbers. And just to even back that up even further, we remember when Joe Burrow in two games in one year threw for over 900 yards against the Ravens, right? Yeah. Okay, we remember that. We remember it well. They fired their def defensive coordinator. Wink Martindale on that, right? Okay. Right. They hire Mike McDonald as a D coordinator. Ever since then, in four matchups, Joe Burrow has averaged 216 yards per game, barely six yards per attempt, has thrown five touchdowns in six or in um, four games, five touchdowns in four games, and two picks. Now, you heard Engravens mention a moment ago, Humphrey was running all over the place with Chase when they've played in the past, last year. Humphrey was hurt this year. They're rotating guys on. And without T. Higgins now, the McDonald defense is at where you're talking about they sit safeties way back and they make you dink and dunk them to death. And they just put pressure on you to make the quarterback and make the offense patient. Okay, four yards here, five yards there, seven yards there. A lot of teams have a hard time. You run into bigger problems when you're not running it much, and we'll see if the Bengals do tonight, when you're having to throw it 
seven, eight, nine times on a drive. And when you put it in the air, there's a greater chance of mistake somewhere, somewhere against a good team. And as we mentioned before, they lead the NFL by six in sacks. I mean, are we going to see Zach Taylor or Brian Callahan move the pocket around a little bit tonight? Seriously. Yeah. I mean, they literally had guys that that were just run over by people last week. Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, where they just ran right over them. So are you going to ask Burrow, who was under constant pressure last week, nonstop, are you going to move the pocket a little bit and do some things? You don't have to change your whole offense. That's not going to happen in three days. But are they going to do some things to try to give him a little more time? That's That's been when their offense has played its best too, right? When, when they use the, a rollout, when they use the play action, moving the pocket out from – you know, just between the tackle boxes. Yeah, that's the MO. I think Casey was going was gonna to add something to that. Yeah, I, the one thing that you think about, what is the worst type of pressure, especially for this season for the Bengals, that's interior pressure. And they might have one of the biggest emerging stars at defensive tackle on Justin Matabuke. I mean, he has eight and a half sacks as a three-tech. He's not an edge rusher. He's, he's a defensive tackle. Right. He might be the next... I hate to say it, he might be the next Aaron Donald. He's got eight and a half sacks already this season. Then we still have, what, seven games left to play? It's not a good look for the Bengals moving forward, but they have to get Joe Burrow out of the pocket. We've seen what it looks like against Volson, against Kappa. Ted Karras has struggled through stretches of this season. And on top of that, you got guys like Clowney and Kyle Van Noy who are just. Although Van Noy may not play. Van Noy not, might not play, and I think that does hurt them a little bit. But they've got Odafe away. They've got, um, you know, they they got they got some guy Jabo. Like they've got some guys that they can easily replace that production with. I don't know. I'm I'm a little nervous about that. I think they really do need to get outside the pocket, do a lot of rollouts, and there's only one way that you can really do that to a very high efficiency, and that's establishing the run. Yep. They got to get Joe Mixon going. Yep. It's really going to be interesting. I mean, you know, there's so many angles. And, again, we're going to get into our keys to the game a little bit later on. Uh, there's so many interesting angles as to, you know, how these teams are going to play. I mean, I, I don't think anybody believes that the Ravens are going to do anything else than come out and try to find out if the other team can stop them running the ball. I mean, it, yeah. you, you would have to be a complete fool if you're calling plays for the Baltimore Ravens. To not look at what happened last week, to not look at what has happened at different points in time this year at the Bengals' defense against the run, knowing Hubbard is a good run defender. He's not playing. They're going to be young guys on the field that haven't had the number of snaps they're going to get tonight. Now, they're going to have to step up, as we've talked about. But if you're calling plays for the Ravens, I mean, it's like the old Barry Alvarez thing with Ron Dane. Just keep handing it off and handing it off and handing it off and handing it off until they stop it. They stop it, shift gears. Yeah, I think that's. I mean, that's why the Ravens' offense is, is so potent. Is be, I think they they uh, they use a fullback more than anybody in the NFL, and that's why when I, when whenever people start talking about the Bengals need to run the ball more, run the ball more, it's like, hey, we're not set up like these other teams are. We don't we don't have fullbacks. We don't have guards that you know pull quite a bit. The Ravens do do that. 
Yep. The Ravens have identified their entire offense into dominating the game, holding on to the ball. I don't know if you remember this, Tom, but the first time that the Ravens and the Bengals played, there weren't a whole lot of possessions no, for the Bengals. No, I think they had two drives in the first half that were over seven, eight, nine minutes. Right. That's going to be part of the game plan, too, is keeping the ball out of Joe Burrow's hands, keeping the ball to where the Ravens have the ball on the field, and they score. So can you get those quick and easy drives? Can you force them to punt early on in the drive? And can you, when you do have the ball, can you put points on the board? But, yeah, I mean, if the Bengals' biggest bugaboo on the defensive side has been stopping the run all season long. We saw it just last Sunday. We saw it against the Ravens the first time. We saw it against the Browns. We saw it against the Titans. All these games where the teams run the ball very yep. well, yep. not very good for the Bengals. Can they have somebody step up and, and really limit what the Ravens are able to do on the ground? And Lamar Jackson had all the time in the world last game. Yep. I, Reed and I were at that game. And legitimately, were you guys sitting in a suite for that game? I think we were. Yeah, I would have preferred. I would have preferred. Uh, to be down you know the what, field. Casey? Guys like you and me, right? S Public school, common men, kind of guys. Yeah, we're not sitting in any stinking suite. But go ahead, Elliot. I didn't mean to interrupt your point. I didn't mean to interrupt your point. He just sat in a suite. I didn't mean to interrupt. Go Here's ahead. Here's the thing, Tom. Here's the thing, Tom. No, would I don't want to interrupt his point. Uh, okay. Go so, ahead. So Elliot. you get to make a point, and then we don't. Yes, get he to. was getting ready to make. When you were sitting, you started over by saying. You know, when Reed and I were sitting in the suite at the last game. When we were eating our caviar. And yeah. McKellen 23. Drinking yeah, that, high noons. That, yeah, that's what it was. They do have high noons in there, I think. I don't know, really. Um, Hootie delights. Back to my point that I was really interrupted on. I'm I, sorry. I, I think, I think if, we can, if we can put enough pressure on Lamar where he's not able to scramble around the pocket with infinite time, the Bengals will win this game. The Bengals will win this game. He had, and it's kind of what happened with C.J. Stroud. He was just able to have endless time. Receivers can do whatever the hell they want when you have 15 seconds to, to make somebody miss down the field. And that's, and that's what that's what the Bengals have to stop here. Lamar Jackson, as we mentioned earlier, 7-1 and one in his career against the Bengals as a starting quarterback. 7-1. and one. He has averaged 80 yards rushing per game. But that in and of itself is misleading. One of those eight games, he had three rushing yards. So in the other seven, he's well up over 90. 90! He had 50 in the first game, but like you guys said, he didn't have to run it much. He ran it when he needed to. Yep. But he didn't have to run it much because he had all day to throw the ball. And they put up 30 on him. How much of that was back in 2019 and 2020, though, when the Bengals weren't very good? Now... Earlier this year, I think Lamar had 50 yards. That's too much for, for a quarterback. I think last year, he had like 65 yards. Still, once again, that's a lot. But those Both those, of those Ravens wins, by the way. Correct. Correct. But if you go back to like Lamar's game logs against the, the Bengals, he was putting up 150 during his MVP season of 2019. He was putting up 120 back when the Bengals were one of the worst teams in the league in 2020. So All right, little, well, if you're going to say that, different. then don't bring up Burrow throwing for 900 yards in two games against him because they got a different defensive coordinator and fair. a whole different style. That's so you fair. can't have it both ways. Real quick, we just have two quick super chats. Uh, Drew Garrison says... I was in the Betfred suite last year, and Tom was in the suite next to me. Don't let him lie to you. That is, is true? a statement of fact. Is yes, that it true? is. Yes, I was in the encore suite. Oh, I my was up God. there trying to pit. Wait, hang on. I was there trying to do business for this show. Oh, my I was God. pitching the encore guys as a sponsor. So it was a business. It was a business thing. Yes. That's right. 
That's I, right. Well, it was a, it's a pleasure. business thing every time we're there. That's correct. We not are, we are really. there for business, not pleasure. No. And, and Justin also has a super chat. Why did, why did Marty retire? Well, let's get right to it. I mean, we'll bring in the Hall of Famer. This is a legitimate question. I mean, uh, he's somewhere. Uh, I was telling the guys yesterday, Dad, about, you know, uh, what happened in, in your endeavor and being a man of the high seas and, and thinking about sailing by yourself across the English Channel. Uh, and yes. now the, the, the problems you had with the hull of the boat, I hope everything's okay there. I'm glad you're okay. Why did you retire? Oh, I, I retired because 46 years is long enough. I mean, you know, I, I never have been able to come to grips, although I, I appreciate everybody, anybody's decision, a personal decision, where guys work until they drop dead. Uh, which in, in many cases indicates to me that they have nothing else in their life but their jobs. And those people I feel sorry for because um, I just felt that, you know, the, there were things I wanted to do and places I wanted to go um, with Amanda that, that I would not be able to do, uh, certainly some of those places, because I'd be working all the summer. And so... Um, I, and I remember when Joe retired, Joe had waited probably too long and there were many things he wanted to do that he couldn't do because of his physical situation. And I just made a pact with myself that that was not gonna happen to me. And I would only hope that everybody who retires enjoys their retirement as much as I've enjoyed mine. Uh, because mine's been everything I thought it would be. I've gone to Europe four times and uh, gone to places I'd never gone before and done things I'd never done before. And so I'm, I don't give a damn what somebody thinks about why I retired. I mean, come on. Uh, you know, said so one person always once said, a hungry dog always runs faster. And I In just fact, feel that. Elliot just said that earlier today. I mean, are you, I know Elliot, you I are watching. Marty is <laughs> quoting Elliot Rearing. That's the stupidest statement I've ever heard in my life. I was watching you people. That's a dumbass statement. No, uh, it's not. Make, Elliot, did you make that up? No, I wasn't the first one to say it. That's a popular I've saying, I've never Marty. heard that saying until you Nor said it today. I, a hungry dog always <laughs> runs faster, Marty. They always run I faster. Never, I've never heard that in my life. I almost <laughs> fell out of my chair. And that now I have a reason. Now I have a reason to watch more regularly than I do because of some of the stupid stuff you say. Thank you. Well, so thank I, you. That means a lot. A hungry <laughs> dog. I wish that statement alone makes me wish I was doing a baseball game tonight. <laughs> because I guarantee you, I would make you a superstar with that statement. Thank you. Thank Absolutely. you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right, now you're going to be dialed into the Bengals game tonight, right? No doubt. No question. From Salisbury, North Carolina, I will be tuned in tonight. And what are your thoughts, if any, on tonight's game? Because you do Raiders watch the 20. Bengalis. You watch them. Yeah, I watch every game they play. Yeah. My prediction tonight is Ravens 28, Bengals 17. Wow. That's a butt kicking. I just don't think this is the same Bengals team. I mean, when I watched them play last week, I said to hell with this. I cannot believe you can play as poorly as they play. Last week. Now, you played great and you get beat. That's one thing. But God Almighty, they know every Sunday or Thursday or Monday or whenever the hell they play that they tee that ball up because of their early season performances. Every game is a must, especially in this division now, as bunched up as it is with Cleveland and Pittsburgh and Baltimore. 
And they go out and they lay a dud last Sunday. I mean, it was awful. And so I, you know, I, I just can't imagine them. I'm not a big Lamar Jackson fan. I think he might be one of the most overrated quarterbacks in the NFL. Mm. Uh, I'm not a big fan. Um, but I just think that they, you know, if, if they can go through the motions last last uh, weekend and then now now they really got their backs to the wall now. And they've got, what, who's not playing? Higgins is not playing tonight? Higgins and Sam Hubbard, your guy Sam Hubbard. Well, Sam Hubbard's a stud now, and so is Higgins. But yep. they, that, that's not going to help them. Um, I, I just, uh, 28-17, I think Baltimore will be. Okay. <laughs> Well, we're going to hope against that, but I hear what you're saying. I hope um, not to. Um, you know, I want to ask you, you're still, you know, dialed in pretty tight with all the movers and shakers down there, the big money guys here in town and the baseball people in and around town and points beyond. I ain't never in town. How can I be dialed in? I ain't never there. <laughs> <laughs> you're still Go dialed ahead. in. You're still, we okay. know it. You know it. I know it. Everybody watching the show knows it. You're still dialed in. Um, no, I'm not. But go when ahead. does when when would you expect some action now for the Reds? I mean, here we are. A couple weeks have gone by. World Series over. We know the guys are not going to get. They're not going to get Blake Snell, and they're not going to get Shohei Otani. Okay, but when they're going to get this thing going? Because you know, I, I know you saw it, and, and we're kidding around a lot here. But I know you saw where Nick Crawl all of a sudden has come out and says, you know, I might be open to trading some guys. Well, I mean, open to trading some guys, that covers a wide expanse yeah, of, of human talent. I well, mean, you wouldn't trade be, anybody in, in, in July. I think there are certain players that he would not even address conversation with in terms of trading. And I think there are other guys that he would. And I don't think people can panic and, and be concerned that Matt McClain or Ailey Dela Cruz or, uh, for my money, uh, you know, uh, Spencer Steer. Uh, I think T.J. Friedel is a keeper, uh, but the Fraley kid, um, and I'm trying to, and, I, and India, uh, yeah, I think he's open to trading some people. Absolutely, I do. But I'd be stunned if any of those guys that I just named were dealt, unless they really got a blockbuster deal that brought them so much, it was stupid. By the way, I think that, go ahead, I think they will start, you got the winter meetings coming up, I think the first week in December. And I think that's when things really get down to brass tacks. As far and you mentioned the guys' names, Otani and and uh, Blake Snell and people like that. Old Blake, good old five inning Blake, and looking to dugout to get somebody else out on the mound. That's a damn joke. He wins the Cy, Cy Young Award, but he did. Um, uh, so I, I'm not concerned that that uh, I do get tired. And they, we all, it, 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 it would not be the Reds if they didn't go out and announce the signing of a player to a minor league contract who's been invited to spring training. I, I, the P.J. Higgins, that takes, I can sleep better at night now because I know they've signed at least one. <laughs> and I guarantee you there will be more. I can't believe that they don't look at this long list of players that we signed to minor league contracts with an invitation to make the big league club and how many of that group pans out. I guess if you throw enough crap up against the wall, some of it's going to stick. And every now and then, it happens. But I... I just don't understand that maybe, maybe, maybe there's a reason. They say for catching depth. Well, you know what? Unless they trade Tyler Stevenson, the catching situation is already set yeah, yeah, in Stevenson yeah. and, and, and Bailey. 
Uh, and so, I mean, what, what do you need catching unless somebody gets hurt? Maybe the kid's a good defensive player. I'm not knocking Higgins, but Higgins is cut out of the same mold. He's been with three or four different clubs. He's spent X number of years in the minor leagues. He's got 150 big league at-bats over 17 years. Uh, how in the world do you think a guy like that's going to help this club? But that's that's a, that's the MO of the Reds, and that's their approach they take, and, and they hope that something works out if they sign enough of them. I want to ask you about, and we 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 uh, bounced this around a little bit yesterday, and 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 the voters, whoever they are, um, I don't think it's strictly sports writers. I could be wrong on that. That vote on uh, some of these postseason awards. I got to tell you, look, I mean, every manager, you know, you go to any market. It doesn't matter whether you go to Atlanta or you go to L.A. or you go wherever. There are going to be people there that yeah. are beating up the local manager, even if they're forty games over five hundred, right? But but Correct. I got to tell you, I was really really surprised. When the National League Manager of the Year voting came out, the results yesterday, the night before, when you've got Tori Lovello, who's two years removed from 110 losses in a season with Arizona, okay, he finishes fourth. You've got David Bell, who a year ago, over 100 losses, and I mean, he finishes a distant sixth. Were you surprised by that or not really? Tom, that's a great point, and I it, it, the whole thing jumped out at me when it happened. The the guy that uh, who who won the National League Manager of the Year? Uh, it was um, uh, Skip Schumacher. Okay. Um, Which you could then say the guy, he was worth. You could say that he deserved to win it. I got no problem with no, that. I, I, absolutely, I have yeah. no problem with yeah. Skip Schumacher winning it at all. And I think his winning that confirms the feeling that many of us had when he spent the time that he did with the Reds that one yeah. day this guy was going to be a big league manager and he's going to be successful. The guy in Baltimore, here's where I have the problem. Did they lose 100 games last year? No. Okay. He he had a improvement. Somebody had an improvement of 12 wins. And they got a ton of votes. And, and I'm saying, wait a minute. Time out now. David Bell had an improvement of 18 wins. He goes from 100 losses to 82 wins. Um, I, I, don't, I don't understand what the thinking is. Um, I, I just throw up my hands and I, I, don't, I, I just think about it. I get pissed off and then I give it up again because I don't, I don't understand. I've always, I've never been a big fan of the Baseball Writers Association of America. Uh, because they won't let the broadcasters in. Uh, we, and I still consider myself part of the fraternity, even though I'm no longer working, And I've, because I've said this for years, on a, on a basis of season to season to season, the broadcasting fraternity will see more games than the total number of games that the baseball writers will see. Because you got guys that take off a thousand days during the season and and you got guys that are voting, Baseball Writers Association voting, that don't see but a handful of games. But they will never even address allowing the broadcasters in, who I think are as qualified and in many cases more qualified because of the number of games they are at than, than the guy, many of the guys that are voting in the baseball writers. I have great respect for many writers. I think they, they, obviously uh, the, the group of guys that covers the Reds teams, led by Trent, do, do, do a wonderful job. But at the same time, I think they could expand their horizons and make it a more equitable vote 
by allowing the, the broadcasters into their association, which they will never, ever do. Uh, by the way, when you said a 12-win improvement uh, this year for Baltimore, it was actually an 18-win improvement for Baltimore. Okay, well, then that that yeah. that's yeah. pretty much yeah. yeah. Okay, that's fine. That guy, yeah. okay, that's fine. He deserves to be in there. But going back to your original question, I can't imagine why David Bell was six. And, and and the turnaround that this ball club had from 2022 to 2023. Yeah. Um, a couple, um, couple of questions here real quick that came up. There's talk that Rob Manford, and he doesn't have to get the okay with a players union on his deal. Um, we all agree that whether you like the guy or don't like the guy, the rule changes made an unbelievably positive impact on Major League Baseball the time of games, pace of play, even in the postseason. Now he's talking about going from 20 seconds to 18 seconds on a pitch clock with a runner on base. You like it? Uh, God, uh, that's that's a tough call. I mean, I, I had no problem with 20. Uh, so I don't know why they feel like there's a need to reduce it to 18. Uh, it's almost like now they're so caught up in the success that they had that they want to make it even more successful. So we're going to go over the next few years from average game time of uh, three hours and two minutes to uh, 14.5 minutes uh, to play a game. They'll do it so many things to speed the game up. Uh, I, don't, I, I, don't, I don't know why there's a necessity, and I don't think anybody's explained why, that they want to lop two seconds off uh, with runners on base. Uh, I don't. I don't understand that, and I would I would stand in line first and foremost by saying that um, I agree. They've done a wonderful job. The 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 powers that be, with the uh, rules that they've implemented, have done exactly what I think a lot of people wanted to see, and that speed up the pace of the game. Notably, the shot the uh, the pitch clock, and uh, and I, I still go back to being a major fan of starting the runner at second base in extra innings. I love that rule. Uh, I think there's a lot of strategy involved in that rule. I think it does what it was supposed to do, and that's eliminate the 15, 16, 17 inning games that blow up your bullpen. But like somebody said to me last night here in Carolina when I was talking about this stuff, well, you know, they wouldn't have had to deal with this if they would allow pitchers now to more readily prepare for going to the mounds like it used to be and pitching seven or more innings. Yeah. I don't don't go to your bullpen at the end of five. That way, you're not going to blow your bullpen up if you go 14 or 15 innings. I agree with that 100. percent But I 18 inning, 18 seconds. I don't understand why because I thought 20 was fine. Okay, uh, uh, one other topic before we bounce it around the room. And and Lord knows I I get so nervous when we do bounce it around the room because there's a <laughs> chance I'm going to get embarrassed. Um, what did you think of the Craig Council thing? Um, I, I don't know how to answer that question. I, I I have great respect for him. I think he's one of the top two or three managers in baseball. I think his record speaks for itself. I like the guy. And, of course, you know him as a personal friend for a lot of years. Um, I, uh, I, I One thing, I was stunned that he signed with the Cubs when everybody had him ticketed for the Mets. Um and and so I I don't know I don't I don't know how to answer that I guess Milwaukee is stunned yeah uh, and I, I would never let me let me say this Tom I would never have thought that Craig Council would be a guy 
that would position himself to essentially say, and maybe he never said this, but all indications are that this was important for him. I'm going to go out and get as much money as I possibly can. Now, if that's the case, does that mean he felt underappreciated in Milwaukee? And and maybe he felt he was uh, being taken for granted uh, by ownership in Milwaukee because he was a local guy and ah, he'll never leave here and he'll take the you know he'll take the the home discount and blah blah blah. Um, but you know what? More power to him if, if he's going to be. It's going to be a different deal. And I think Craig is intelligent enough to know that. Uh, whereas he had to deal with four or five or six guys every day from a media perspective. Now he's going to be dealing with 15, 20 or more every day. Uh, the expectations are going to be greater. The patients are not going to be as long. He's going to be dealing with a lot of things. But I think the guy's a great manager. Uh, I think it's a great yet for the Chicago Cubs. I feel bad for David Ross because we all know and like him. Um, but I, I, it, I just have some, some mixed feelings to yeah. some extent about what's transpired relative to Craig. He's a wonderful family man, as you well know, you know his wife and the kids and everything. I'm just a little bit, uh, maybe disappointed, I guess, more than anything, because I, I loved him in a Milwaukee uniform. I respected the fact that he's a great manager who's had tremendous success. Maybe he felt at the end of the day that he could win a world championship more readily with a team like the Cubs than he ever would have been able to do in Milwaukee. That's well put. I basically had the same sentiment uh, when I was talking about it the other day. All right, here we go. This is where you, uh, you know, pin the tail on the donkey. So let's Can yeah, I say one ahead. thing please, before please we start? Do. Please do. Damn hungry dog always runs faster. Let's go. <laughs> well, on that note, then, Elliot, we will start with you. Yeah, Marty, do you think that saying rivals your sayings, like the Titanic struggle and the other things that you've said on the broadcast, some of your famous – I think I think some of my sayings rival that, right? The hungry dog well, runs yeah, – Wait a minute. Yeah. Now you're taking credit for this statement? Yeah, you said you're at the top of my appearance if you got it from somebody else. Well, that's fine. I think, you know, I, I, I used the inspiration from somebody, but I, I, I think I, I used it better than that person did. So I'm now, I'm now going <laughs> to claim credit for it. So I would say, I would say, would you, if you, like, if you ended every Reds broadcast, you know, and this one belongs to the Reds, instead you ended, and this, and this hungry dog just ran faster, <laughs> I, think, I think there's a chance, Marty, I think there's a chance you could have reached new heights that you never even thought were imaginable. That is a very good point. Thank you, Tom. It was. That, a touche to you, Elliot. Touche to you. That was very good. I like that. Okay, and yes, I think that was on par with anything I ever said on the radio. Okay. Also, I have a second, better, yeah, it does make me feel. I have a second question, Marty. Um, would you say you would be willing to bring out the banana phone for one time on this show? Like, if if I brought a banana phone out here and, and you know, said so we give one, we would give one lucky caller, not Everett, because he asked the Dumbledore question, but we'll get somebody else <laughs> and, and they'll call in and they'll ask you a question via the banana phone. Would you? Would you? Part, would you I'd, participate? I'd be. I'd be more. I'd be more than happy with that. Okay. How about and, that? And while you're, wait a minute. While you're on the subject of Elliot. Yeah, I know Elliot has made a comment sometime today because I read all those comments as they come rolling in. And Elliot, I guess he responded to somebody's question or statement by saying, Marty has called me way worse. Laugh out loud. I don't know what that means. Uh, but if he's looking that. for me to wait, huh? I didn't say that. Did I say uh, that? Not you. I'm sorry. Not you. I don't know who. who, who it said was that. probably some, this some guy over here. 
Everett, not Elliot. Everett. 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 Everett's right. the one. That's right. Yes, and Barney is calling me way worse and then laugh out loud. Elliot, or rather, uh, Everett, you don't know what being called way worse by me is. You have no, no he, idea. No, he doesn't. <laughs> he had no idea. If, no. if you'd like that, I'd be more than happy to make your day to lay something on you that you will never forget. Okay. All right, Elliot, do you have anything else? Oh, well, okay, I'll give you one more I'll, I'll give you one more question. I know Marty loves my question, so I'm going to ask another one. Marty, what would you say is your favorite side at Thanksgiving? Uh, you know what? I, I would probably say dressing. Whoa. With yeah. gravy on it. Yeah. I'd say okay. dressing with gravy. Now, I'm not, as much as I like raw oysters, I, I don't like oyster dressing. But I like traditional dressing with with uh, good gravy on it. That yeah. that would be my favorite side for Thanksgiving. Okay. There you go. Thank What's you your much, favorite, Mark? Elliot? Thank you very much. What's your favorite, Elliot? Uh, You're welcome. My, fa- my favorite would be mashed potatoes. Yeah, it's a good one, too. That's good. I didn't, you know, I didn't ask you what it was, but that's nice to know. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead, Reed. Well, well, quick question. So, um, Marty, obviously, is from the East Coast, so he calls it dressing. Tom, you you grew up around here. Do you call it stuffing? I like- call it dressing because my family called it okay, that. Okay, yeah. fair enough. Uh, hey, Marty, when I walked in today, your son... Uh, immediately started giving me some crud for wearing a jersey. Now, I know you, you're a jersey guy. Every Saturday, you put on your number 10 Drake May jersey, and when the, the Tar Heels play in basketball, um, you, you put on your 50 Tyler Hansborough or your number 5 Ty Lawson jersey. I mean, what? why does Tom not like when people wear jerseys? What? I didn't say I didn't like when yes, people wear he, No, yes, I did not. Yes, you did. I said you coming on this show and you wearing that jersey – it takes away any credibility that we're trying to build up around here. But go ahead. Okay, go so ahead. I guess the better question, Marty, is is did this show have any credibility to begin with, to, to, to lose any? To begin with, <laughs> I abhor. I abhor wearing jerseys. I don't – I got a closet full of red jerseys with my number and name on the back. I, I don't put that – I don't wear jerseys. Um, uh, and you, you mentioned Drake May and Ty Lawson and – all those guys, I don't, I don't Armando Baker, uh, I don't do that stuff. Uh, I, but I respect the fact that there are people that do and, and spend ridiculous money to because most of the people want an absolute authentic jersey mm-hmm. that yeah. costs a ton. And yeah. nothing will do other than the uh, authentic jerseys. Uh, that's fine. I think fans that, that support their team, whoever it might be, to the extent that they do, and wear jerseys, that's, that's good. I, I don't have a problem with that. None I mean, at all. Okay. You said that they now, have your name. credibility? No, I think this show has a lot of credibility, yeah, minus a couple right. of guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's right. All right. Thanks, Casey. Marty. Casey. Uh, speaking of credibility, I mean, here's Casey staring you right in the face. He's got his Bengals right, sweatshirt on, his Bengals lid. Uh, so You're go looking ahead, good, Case. man. You're looking good. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Marty, I I don't have any clever questions like those guys over there do. I just want to know if you're dialed in to Tar Heels college basketball, or are you going to wait until later on in the year? No, I'm I'm good. I'm good with it. I'm good. I like their team. I don't. I you know I think the moves they made and the kids they brought in, whether it be through the portal or whether it be through uh, high school, you know, scholarships. I I think they've got a nice team. And now it's going to be up to Hubert Davis to show whether or not he's worthy of coaching that team to the kind of season that Tar Heel fans are anticipating. Of course, they lose their minds, you know, like the Kentucky fans do. 
Well, Carolina hang on State. now. Hang on now. Cal's got it going on down there. They look good the other night. They look good because they made their threes, and down the stretch they couldn't. And I cannot understand. It's the same old Kentucky team. All they do is jack up those threes, and if they're hitting on a given night, they hang in there. If they don't, they don't. And Kansas, I think Bill Self's one of the great coaches in college basketball. He's got a really nice team. It was a great game. I mean, Kentucky, when they were shooting their threes, they had great ball movement on offense. I thought at times they played good defense. But if you live by the three, you die by the three. And I realized they had two bigs that were not uh, available to play, and That's now I'm right. going to withhold judgment until they get them back. And, and and I think he's got great talent. I think the talent on that team is awesome. It's going to be tough to find enough playing time for all of these kids. Uh, and I think there probably is a uh, inclination by uh, John Calipari to play certain kids maybe two minutes, three minutes longer than – he might play a couple of other kids for fear that they get bent out of shape. And I really believe that's a factor when you have the kind of talent that they have down at, in Lexington. But they really have a nice team. Now the question is whether or not they can mold that talent and get those big guys back to make them an even better basketball team. What do you Carolina think the fans, chances well, – go ahead. Go ahead and finish about Carolina. No, I'm just saying, but Carolina fans have great anticipation. I, I'm always interested in read about people – or talk about uh, turn that phone off. People that talk about you know, <laughs> boy, we got a great team. I said, and I text them. I said, we. How many points you score last night? We don't get. I have a problem with fans referring to we the team. Got we got a lot of that they, going on around here. Well, they have a certain <laughs> absence in their personality that they have to be driven to feel like they are part of the Ohio State Buckeyes or the UC Bearcats or the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. They have to be, they're not content unless they talk about we. I don't know, I got a problem with that. You know what, it's great you're a fan, but you ain't down there. You were given the ball on fourth and one to try and get a critical first down. You didn't make a game-saving tackle. We, don't, don't use that word. All right, let me ask you the last question from Molly in the chat. She wants to know, did you make that artwork that's over your right shoulder, or did I do that at some point in time as a young man? <laughs> who, who said that? Molly would like to know that. Yeah, Molly, you ain't got enough money to buy that painting. Oh so don't be questioning. Why you got to beat her down? <laughs> well, why you why be, you got to beat her down? Me it's a legitimate was question. I mean, come on. It looks like somebody stuck no, their thumbs not. in there. Don't you think? Come on. Come on. That's wrong. They started with their Let heel, then they went to their thumb, and then they went to something else to get it a little smaller inside. Come on. I mean, come on. Let me, you know, for one thing, that piece of artwork was purchased <laughs> in Florence, Italy. Well, Oh, and I, I don't need it away. anybody to cast disparaging comments about uh, did I do it or did you do it? See, that's a <laughs> shitty comment right there. <laughs> and so, so, I mean, that's a beautiful piece of artwork. And, I, and now that the comment has been brought up, I'm, from now on, anytime I'm down here, I'm going to drag out a piece of artwork and hold it up and ask people to judge it. Well, you got me? You may not like what you hear. I mean, Molly, I thought well, asked that's okay. a, a legitimate question here. I, you know, I mean. Ma, that, let me tell Molly, I was just kidding around with you, kiddo. 
that that is a legitimate oh. piece of artwork purchased in Florence, Italy. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. All right. Well, there you have it, Molly. I'm she not done said, yet. Wow. Her, her reaction was wow. She says, "I actually like the artwork, and I was hoping that Tom or you had shown some artistic ability. That's all. No, That's she, all." No, you know, I'm a very cynical person, and I, I, that was a, a little joke behind that. She, I, she know it knows that. I know it was. I know that. You couldn't that. do anything like that. You could not do anything like that. Marty, uh, if you gave Marty, if you gave me five minutes and a red crayon, I could replicate that and sell it to you for <laughs> twice the price. Twice the price, Marty. <laughs> Somebody wants to know, Jolly Jolly, Jolly Jolly <laughs> from Los Angeles wanted to just clarify. He asked, did you say you bought that in Florence, Italy, or Florence, Kentucky? <laughs> I said Florence, Italy, clown. Florence, Italy. And let me, let me make sure one thing I want to touch on. A, again, a comment made by one of the loyal listeners, Justin. I guess his last name is Edgel, E-D-G-E-L-L. Yep, yep. yep. He has requested another appearance by Millie. So, yes, he has. Yes. When I'm back home next week, I guarantee you Mills will be right there with me so I can hold that beautiful creature up and people can say, boy, I wish I had a dog that free. Well, we'll look forward to it next week. All right, guys. All right, well, happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> I'll see you this weekend and uh, safe travels back to the home front. All right, Tom. Enjoy right. being on with you guys as usual. Bye, happy Marty. Thanksgiving. Bye, Marty. Happy Thanksgiving. Absolutely. Happy Thanksgiving. Go Bengals. Yes, yes sir. Today. How about that? How about that? Well, we covered a broad range there. Yes, we did. I have to tell you, the line of the day was you asking my dad, or, or at least, you know, planting the seed, had he gone with, what's the line again? <laughs> hungry, uh, a hungry dog runs faster. If he would have closed out Reds games with that line, there's no telling where he'd be now. He might be doing the <laughs> Thursday night football game. He might be. He might be with Kirk. Him, Marty and Kirk, who, who says no to that? Could They'd be uh, could eating, ch eating Chick-fil-A and drinking Dr. Pepper and figuring out how, how Ohio State could be in a college football playoff. No doubt. No doubt. All right, are we ready for the weather? Yeah, hold on. All right, yeah. let's get ready for the weather because um, th th that was really fun. I that mean, golly, Jay, he, he really, you know, look, he's my dad and everything. And, but, I mean, he is quite a good sport when he comes yes, on this is. show. Yes, he is. It's that was, fun. That was an, an all-time Marty appearance on this show. Maybe the top top one ever. You know, it's funny. The uh, all the years being around in the Reds traveling party. Yeah. I mean, if I heard this one time, I heard it five hundred thousand times. Could you imagine in the day and age where we have this reality TV? Mm -hmm. Can you imagine following him around for about six months? That'd be incredible. Oh, I mean, it blow the Kardashians and all that nonsense out of the no water. No doubt about it. No doubt. All right, here we go. Elliot, take it away. I think that would be great. I think if a, a Kardashian-style show where we just follow, follow Marty Brenneman across the world, that would be the number one show in, in America. Keeping up with, with the Hall of Famer. Keep, <laughs> keeping up with the Hall of Famer. Weather today, it doesn't change, guys. I, I, I try to tell you, it's a high of 65 today, low of 40. It's beautiful. Today is a beautiful fall day. It's the day that Reed hates. Because he says fall's just the worst season. It's, it's not the best. It's the best season, it's not the best. and it's because of days like this. The sun is shining. It's 65 degrees. You can wear a shirt. You can wear a shirt. You can wear a sweatshirt, pants, no pants. You can wear whatever the hell you want. Well, you should probably wear some pants. You should probably wear pants. Don't don't go out there in your underwear. That's a crime. 
That's a federal crime. Uh, other here than that, in Hamilton. that, what's that? Not here in Hamilton. Not here in Hamilton. That's I've just never the dress seen. Code. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Reed's coming in on the joke. That's almost sad to see, really. Uh, but listen, that's it. That's the weather. You can check your phones. You can not check your phones. I don't care. Do whatever the hell you want. You can watch the news broadcast tonight. They're going to tell you the same thing. They're going to tell you about some kind of cold front that's moving in. Yeah, no shit, guy. It's it's the winter. Uh, the, the, the cold weather is going to come. So listen to the weather if you want. I'm sure they're run, rerunning those all night, all night long, 5 p.m. to 10 p.m. The same exact weather broadcast over and over and over and over again. Uh, go ahead and listen to it. Other than that, uh, are we doing the Ronald Reagan bit, or should sure. I, or do you want to do something else? Is, well, is there another bit? Bring it on over here. Okay, I'll, Ronald I'll, I'll Reagan. Talk. I got to be honest, guys. So coming over here in these two chairs, me, me and Elliot have a little cold war going on about who can crack the best jokes throughout the show. I win nine times out of ten, but every once in a while, I land a punch. Have asking Marty a question after the Olympic gold medal performance Elliot put on asking Marty questions was was a tough was a tough ass to follow. Like yeah, I, I listen. I, I I performed well. There's there's. Oh, let me let me get down here. Hold on. I I, I move spots. So yeah, I, I thought I did pretty good with that. Uh, <laughs> I was a little nervous. There were, there was a point during the interview I, I thought I was going to go a serious question, but my serious questions never land because I'm not really paying attention all the time because I'm reading the chat. So I, I wasn't going to do that. I was going to do something silly. And you know what? I, I had a good performance today. That's all I can say. My first good performance in how many months have I been here? Six months. Not your first good one. That was, that's that was my first. That was my very first good one. So now I'm here uh, at the desk, and I guess Casey, are you ready? I've, I've been ready. Casey's ready. I've Over to ready. Casey. Yeah. Uh, so Bengals report brought to you by Encore Technologies. Encore Technologies provides IT solutions for a data centered world with a suite of services from mobile computing to desktop to data center, supporting both centralized and work from home computing modules to improve efficiency and productivity. Productivity and productivity. Visit Encore.tech. The path to innovation begins here. And then I got to tell you about this bottle of water right here. Pawnee water made right here in Hamilton, Ohio, uses natural limestone filtration, unlike the artificial processing other brands use. The result is a healthy alkaline water, and some say the best tasting water in the world. Visit Pawnee water at P-A-H-H-N-I-Water.com to see where you can buy this great tasting water. Tom, back to you. I tell you, this is... Um... We do have some problems with people in the chat. I have oh, a problem no. with Sir Boy right now. He's I mean, claiming we, I don't we've got some serious problems here. I mean, call him out, Tom. I'm Drew Garrison. I am not scared of you. I mean, come on. <laughs> I think you're a little scared, Tom. I am. Uh, listen, just like Ohio I, State's scared I like of Drew Garrison. I like him very much. Some would say you love him. I do love him. I love him being here every day. I appreciate it sincerely. I told you if you were here when I was here, that I'll sign your sign. <laughs> I said that already. <laughs> but you were talking about being here on Thanksgiving. <laughs> I'm not going to be here. <laughs> so now I'm scared. Is Drew, I mean, come on. The slander is Drew invited to, to Brenneman Thanksgiving? Well, the Brenneman Thanksgiving is take, takes place in Chicago. Oh, that's so, right. I forgot. So, you um, yeah. So, no, he's not. Um, <laughs> Sir Boy's been calling you a Ravens fan all day long. What are your thoughts? What are your thoughts about that? Total Tom? nonsense, and he knows it. He knows he's it. He's my buddy. He, he knows better than that. It's just he's he's looking for clicks. He's like he the is. rest of you clowns. He's looking yeah. for clicks. We're, right? uh, we're in the click business, Tom. We're you in got the click to business. Um, Chase asks when uh, the lawnmower man wants us to autograph his mower. <laughs> 
I haven't seen him in so long, Tom. I'm, I'm starting to be concerned for him. I'm very worried about him. Speaking of uh, Hamiltonians, I was moving my dad yesterday. He, he moved in. The, he lives in this apartment that is right around the corner from here. He moved from the third floor down down to the first floor. So nice. I moved his stuff. And uh, someone stopped me and said, hey, you're on Chatterbox. We watch you every day. Really? Like, well, it's nice to meet you and everything. So I was, that was kind of a cool little thing. Well, I mean, here's the problem with I that. I don't think it was the lawnmower man. But. Okay, but you know what? That is, that is – I'm glad to hear that because we're obviously hoping our show can continue to grow and that kind of thing. Because, look, I mean, even that last segment right there, you ain't getting that anywhere else here in this town. No, you're not. I mean, right. seriously, I'm not kidding you. You're not getting it anywhere. Right. You might get some other good stuff, but you ain't getting that. Correct. Right? All right. Uh, and you're not getting Brian Billick breaking it all down and on and on and on and on in our conversations and thoughts in here. You're not getting it. You're getting one guy, maybe two guy, and then uh, that's it. Um, and real quick, I, I swear have- was I what you just Oh, yeah, but here's the problem. Okay, if you start getting recognized more frequently, if you recall, that's what happened to BLP. That is true. That is. That started happening to him all the time around town. Mm-hmm. People, hey, aren't you big league Paul? Chatterbox. That's right. Next thing you know, what happens, Casey? They leave. He quit. He didn't leave. He quit. He quit, he quit on us, his family. I will and never leave. Reed will never leave. Because I mean, I'm in Hamilton. <laughs> I, will, I, I, I will also never leave. Yes. Me and Elliot, we will sit in these chairs for 40 years. Casey, will you leave? Tom should know that I've always got his back. He, uh, that, that, that wasn't an answer to that question at all. <laughs> so what he's answer. saying is, is that if I leave and want to bring him along with me, then yeah. he's <laughs> that's exactly what that means. <laughs> didn't Casey call you an ex-professional, though? He that did. seems like he didn't it's have okay, your It's okay, but we're, we're, we've, we've moved beyond that. Okay. We've moved right. beyond. We have. I have one more question. Before we get back to the Bengals talk, I have one, one quick question. If Ohio State were to lose to Michigan the next couple of weeks, would you take a vacation immediately following? No, not or would a chance. You, or would you, not or, a chance. Not a chance. Okay. Not a chance. You could, it's just between us, Tom. You don't have to tell the chat. It's just me right now. Not a chance. Okay. I will be here ready to go, but it's not going to happen. Ohio State's going to win the game. Okay. I've been doing a lot of diving in some, some different places. Been checking out some film? Uh, Ohio State's going to win the game. We'll see. Ohio State is going to beat Michigan in Ann Arbor next Saturday. They just got to beat Minnesota this Saturday. Would it be the most embarrassing loss in Ohio State history if they lost to Michigan without their coach? No. No, he's coaching them all the time. No. He won't be on the sideline. No, I, and I hope he is on the sideline. I hope that I hope that some Michigan judge up there, right? Mm-hmm. I uh, grants uh, an injunction here, and uh, I, ho- I really do mean that. I hope he's on the side. It adds to the game. Tom, this is this is why I love didn't sports. You, didn't because you call Tom, for him to Tom be, to and the be, rest of the, the Ohio State fan base wanted him sentenced to Alcatraz. To Siberia. Yeah, they want, no. he wanted him out of out of the country, no. out of the out of the arms no. of the public. And now, but because that Ohio State's win no. will be tainted, no. they want all, everybody back on. I they want said, them stealing signs. <laughs> I said when it was handed down that this was a no win for anybody. It's a no-win for anybody across the board, including Ohio State, including Ryan Day, including Ohio State fans. I guarantee you, even though everybody knows Michigan cheated, everybody knows it. You can use the word allegedly. Allegedly. Everybody knows it. All right, look. Allegedly. Okay. They allegedly (laughs) cheated. But look, at the end of the day, everybody that's an Ohio State fan wants to see Harbaugh on the sideline in that game. It just adds to even more layers of that, that game is already 
going to be off the charts important, as it seemingly is every year. Two of the top three or four ranked teams in the country every year, right? At least since Harbaugh's gotten going. And college football playoff, the rivalry, the history. Now you throw in this thing. The fact that Ohio State hasn't beaten them the last two years, all that drama. Everybody wants to see that's an Ohio State fan. And I think I can speak for all of them. They want to see Ohio State win and Ryan Day shake hands with Jim Harbaugh at the 50-yard line when the game is over. Then why did you call for him to get because punished I still for think, weeks? No, because I believe that what they did <laughs> is, is just so abhorrent for what they have done. And it's going to be proven sooner or later. You can take it to the bank. This was a half-assed move by Tony Petiti, and I feel for the guy. I know him. He, he ran CBS for a long time, ran the Major League Baseball Network. He's a good man. But here he is, you know, five months on the job, and he's staring down the barrel at this kind of thing, where everybody in the league is yelling at him and saying, hey, you got to do something about this. Well, you know, he, he really, I don't think, handled it well. And not, not only that, you know, if you're going to suspend somebody, I said this already, you suspend them where they can't even coach in practice. If you think you have enough evidence on that thing, and clearly he does think that, then you just tell him, you're done for the year, son. You're not even walking in the building. Okay, that's a whole different kind of suspension than coaching six days a week and then just not being there on the sideline during the game. I mean, it, and, and the way they did it. To make that decision while the Michigan team plane is in the air and they have to find out about it on social media when they land, I mean, come on. Like what? That is lame. And and, and I'm saying that in Michigan's favor. It was lame. Then why? Like, I I just guess I don't understand why people were calling for the Big Ten to do something. Because the Big Ten has never done this before, correct? Correct. Correct. So you were asking for them to set a new precedent Mm -hmm. to go above the NCAA. Because I think that this goes beyond what has happened in that league before. But they've never done that. They shouldn't. The, this was my whole take the whole time was the Big Ten shouldn't want to get involved in laying down punishment because now they've set the precedent that they have to do this forever. Whenever something comes out like this, now the now the Big Ten has to step in before the NCAA. The whole point of the NCAA is to run tournaments and delay punishment when people are breaking rules. Yep. So I just I, I I don't understand why for weeks Big Ten Big Ten do something do something do something they did something well I don't like what you did well. And I don't think that Ohio State fans like it either. I really don't think so. I think, like I said, you you either do it or you don't. It's like war. You're in it to win or just don't play around. Yep. Right? I mean, if you're – the Israelis are in it to win. Everybody else is playing around. (laughs) All right, here we go. We have a super chat. Yeah, we got a super chat. All right, what is it? It's Drew Garrison. He says he wants 15 minutes in studio with a microphone after Michigan wins. I will accept no less. You know what? You know what? Don't give it to him. Why? Well, I just say it's just it would be hard for you, Tom. I think they have it would not be hard for me. I mean, believe me, I mean, I'm still sitting here and Ohio State has lost the last two years to Michigan, and I'm still thank God sitting here. Okay. I mean, what is Drew the kind of guy that we could say, okay. This isn't a security issue coming inside the building, anything like that? <laughs> no, no, no security issue. He's, he's been in here multiple times. I know that. I'm kidding. So, Drew, you know <laughs> what? You're on. You got it. The Monday after the Ohio State-Michigan game, which is a week from this Monday, if Michigan wins the game, you're going to come in here 
and we'll let you have at it for five minutes on the mic if Ohio State wins the game. Okay? How big is Drew? Small. Physically. I think he's, well, my, he's size? Like my height. He's like my height. Okay. Okay. Well, he's then I got plenty feet. of stuff that would fit him. Okay. Probably. I like this. Right? Yeah, right? I like this. Okay. Drew, if, if Michigan loses the game, you come in here Monday morning, and before we come on the air, I'm going to put on you, I'm going to put on an Ohio State sweatshirt, okay? And I want you to do the O-H-I-O. Right here in our... the victors? What's that? Will you sing Hail to the Victors? That will not happen. I'm mm. giving him five minutes on the microphone. That's, that's enough. Your, that's your trade. That's, that's enough. That's your trade. Okay. I like so it. So I'm waiting for him to respond. Has he responded? Will Drew do it? Drew, will you do it? I mean, we're waiting to find out. See, that this is where you find out if, when men are men. Or whether right. this is all just a... He accepts. Oh, we also have another super chat. Chi-Town Real Estate said, Tom, I need some business referrals up here. <laughs> so he's trying to get some business out of you, Tom. If I can help him out, I'd love to help him out. I mean, all the Cub fans hate me because they thought I rooted against them in the 03 uh, playoffs. So you did. What, why, did, why did you root against the Cubs? I, I don't know why I did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why. You, you, Steve Bartman was a plant, was a Tom Brennan no plant No question. There. All right. Are we ready, boys, for some keys? Because we got to do yeah. keys and we got to do buy or sell. Correct. Yeah. And yep. predictions. And these bets thing that I've been promised. Okay. Are we ready? Yeah. All right, let's start, Reed, as we always do, with you. Yeah, yeah, bring it on over here. Listen, we were talking pre-show, and, and one thing, and I, I think we all had a similar key to the game, but we had to break down one, and so I said, listen, what have we been talking about all week long? The Bengals score on the first drive, and then the offense goes quiet. I think the Ravens are going to limit possessions for the Bengals. So you know what I want? A key to the game in all seriousness for the, for the Bengals? I think if the Bengals can score on the second drive, I think they've got a great shot because that's what we've seen for the past few weeks. They open up, the offense comes booming, yep. scripted plays, they go to the sideline, come back out, and then it kind of goes quiet for a while. So if the Bengals can get points on the second time out on the field, I really like what they're able to do. And that's been the MO for the Bengals is they can't score, can't score, can't score in the, in the middle parts of the game. Meanwhile, the Ravens love to get up heavy on a team. So if we can kind of flip the script on what both teams like to do, I really like what the Bengals, the, the chances they have tonight on Thursday Night Football. So that was my key to the game. It's a good one. Uh, That's a good one. That's a good one. My key to the game is an obvious one, but it's one we've already discussed. you got to get to Lamar Jackson. you you, you got to get to Lamar Jackson. He had all the time in the world – and uh, their 27, to, I think it was 27-24 win over us. Uh, get, get to the quarterback. Don't let him have 15 seconds to throw. Don't let him move out of the pocket and have 10 seconds out there. Because despite what I think about their receivers, and I do think they're bums, respectfully. I say that with love and respect. No, it, no it, you it, say that I, because you lost a bet. No, I don't say that. Yes, it, seems, it seems like they had a game where they dropped 10 passes. So guys like Zay Flowers, Odell Beckham, and Mark Andrews, maybe if, if they're awake and they have 15 seconds to go around downfield and do whatever the hell they want down there, that's a problem. Get to Lamar Jackson. Get to Lamar Jackson often and early. That's how you win this game. Make him throw a turnover. Make him throw a couple picks. We will win this game. It's going to be ugly. Casey said it earlier. It is going to be a low-scoring, ugly game. No passer really throws for more. I, I looked at their wins, or, their, or excuse me, their losses, and every single one of their losses, the quarterback still threw for under 220. 
So it's not going to be like Joe Burrow is going to break out in this game. This is going to be a low-scoring game, smash-mouth football. Beat them. Make them force the turnovers, and you do that by getting to Lamar Jackson. Limit the time he has in the pocket. Limit the time he has outside the pocket. Baltimore Ravens defense, top-scoring uh, defense, second, uh, second in yards allowed. So, yeah, might be a low-scoring game. Low-scoring game. All right. Case? Yeah, so in light of that, needing to play a very grindy game, we really need our offensive line to perform. They need to either A, give Joe Burrow enough time, or B, give Joe Mixon big enough holes to run through. And in all honesty, I mean, the offensive line all season, you can look at one guy or another that has had a poor performance. There's not one guy this season that's just been all pro. I mean, you might look at Jonah Williams. He's probably the best so far this year, which is surprisingly to, to shocking to say, but it's just true. They need to have a complete game. They need to all be consistent this game. No one can have a bad game on the offensive line. If they can do that, I think they can win this ball game. Fair enough. Um, mine is, 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 look, as simple as it gets. You have to stop Baltimore running the ball. If they're going to beat you, Lamar Jackson's going to beat you throwing it. Because if they can line up, run the ball, run the ball, first down, first down, first down, eight, nine, ten-minute drives, like we saw in the first game, you're not going to beat them. Because they'll get out to a lead. If you go one drive and don't score, here they come again. And in a game like this, divisional game, whatever mistakes they may have made in the past, there is no way they're going to make them again if they have a lead late. Run, 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 run. Just stop. You're not going to completely shut them down. But they can't go for a buck 80, 200, 220, 300, which they've done. You can't have it happen or else you're DUN. Kyle Kasky has a keys to the victory show. Yeah. You can find on Chatterbox Sports. Yeah, that's right. The preview is currently, if you look at our YouTube channel, go under videos. It's the most recent video. Kyle Kasky did a, a preview as he did before the Texans game. So, so really good stuff. <laughs> you know, I was just thinking about. I'll, we, when we played the Ravens the first time, guys, obviously you, you've brought up a bunch of the pieces. Like Lamar had all the time in the world, and every time that it was third and long, he seemed to just scramble out and get a first down, and we couldn't get off the field for that reason. But one thing that we keep talking about and we keep bringing up is that this Ravens defense in the second half has underperformed, yep. right? What is it about Baltimore? Because I think back to that game, and Joe Burrow had a great second half. He had one interception on the, first, on the opening drive, but after that was fantastic in the second half of that game. I think back to Deshaun Watson on Sunday. Perfect 14 for 14 after struggling mightily in the first half. What happens coming out of the gates for the Baltimore Ravens? I just don't understand how a defense can you know, just stop you. It's almost like the complete uh, opposite of the Bengals' offense, right? They, the scripted plays, right? They, the game plan when you, when you open up. So good, so good. Baltimore Ravens' defense is the exact same. And then you get into the locker room, halftime comes out, and the teams just make adjustments and just, you know, zooming all over the field on Baltimore Ravens. I don't know what happens to them. I don't the know either. Half. I don't know either. And, I mean, their fan base clearly got, gets frustrated with it. You could see it in, uh, in Graven with us earlier today. I mean, they get very, very frustrated because they've seen this story before. Uh, this year, these are two of the top teams in the NFL in terms of jumping on the board early. I had the stats in front of me here a second ago. We know the Bengals have scored a touchdown in uh, five consecutive games on their first possession. First team to do it since the 2016 Atlanta Falcons. The Bengals this year have outscored their opponents in the first quarter 55-34. to 34. 
the Ravens have outscored their opponents in the first quarter 79-16. to 16. Who comes out of the gate? Do we see the, 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 the Houdini act again from this offense? The Bengals. I mean, it's mind-boggling. Mind-boggling. I mean, we'll see. We're going to find out. We're going to find out what they're all about tonight. All right, score prediction time. Here we go. Reed? I hate that you do this to me. Um, oh, I, come I, on. Well, Ten no, bucks I, a man. Here we go. I, I <laughs> I've, been, I've been sucked in. I tried to get out, and I've been sucked in. Vecino, <laughs> go ahead. I, I hate this. I, I actually thought about this last night. I knew you were going to ask for, for predictions, and I could be the homer. I could be the slappy, and I could say, oh, Bengals are going to win. What's the score that everyone always gives? 27-24. That's, that's the score that everyone yep. always gives in these yep. games. But I keep thinking, what is a legitimate score that can happen tonight? Is it going to be low scoring like you guys think? I don't know. I, I really don't know what to expect in this, and maybe that's just my my fandom trying to, to plead ignorance here. But if you had me, if you put the screws up against me and had me put a prediction, I say the Bengals win in a weird 21-18 game. Mm. A weird 21-18 game. Like I said, Joe Burrow, since 2021, has been undefeated against the, the spread – in games where he's an underdog of three plus points, and he's ten and three outright in those games. So when Joe Burrow is an underdog on the road at home, it doesn't matter. He shows up to play. This is the best defense in the league in terms of stat- statistics, right? Number one scoring defense, number two in yards per game. But for some reason, I believe in this offense, even without T. Higgins, even with the offensive woes, because as I've mentioned multiple times, we talk about how this offense hasn't shown up for a full game. What offense does in the NFL? They're still averaging 27 points a game over the last five weeks. In a game where their offense was middled for two whole quarters, they scored 27 points in a game and have a chance to win it. This team continues to give themselves chances to win. I like the Bengals tonight on the road, keeping the season alive. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to agree Are you with... writing these down, Casey, please? I will write them That down. was a 20 to 6. What did you say? 21-18. 21-18. Thank you. Go ahead. I think it's going to be an ugly football game. I think it's going to go under. Not to mention primetime unders in the NFL generally hit. I think that's been the, one of the biggest locks. They've hit Gamble- nine times in a row. The under has hit nine times in a row in primetime. Yeah, so from a gambling perspective alone, it's I think it's going to be a, a low-scoring game. If you look at both teams, I think any, every time they play, it's very close. So saying that, I'm going to say final score tonight, 19-15. 19-15. 19-15? 19-15. to 15. 19 to 15. That's right. I think, listen, I, I, I think maybe McPherson misses an extra point. There's going to be some shenanigans. There is going to be shenanigans. The kickers will be involved tonight. That is my mortal lock. I have Justin Tucker Disgusting. over one and a half field goals. I have Evan McPherson over one and a half field goals. Those it are is, good bets. It is going to be shenanigans tonight, Tom. Tucker always kills us, uh, and I'm going to be on the right side of it. I'm, I'm going to be on the right side of it. So expect a kicking battle tonight, ugly smash-mouth football. Uh, I am going to say the Bengals win, though. 19-15, the Bengals are victorious. All right. Case, here you go, big fella. This is all you, my man. All right. So, in the similar vein, I do think it's going to be a low-scoring game. I think the Ravens probably jump out early on top of the Bengals. Mm. I just think that they're going to break the mold, though. I think they're going to finally say, enough's enough. Bengals come back, win a ball game, 24-21. Ooh, that's still short of the over-under. That is still short of the over-under. Yes. Okay. Well, I mean, look, you got um, – I mean, everybody's picking this one tight. 
Everybody's picking this one low scoring. First time they played, this is when Burrow was was hurt. Mm-hmm. 30-27. I mean, would would can all of us perhaps agree that the Bengals offense is better since that first game? No doubt. That was week two. Can we all agree that Baltimore's offense is better since that first game? I mean, he had brand new receivers. Lamar had been out. He hadn't played football in, in eight, nine, ten months, right? Sure, they're yep. a better team. Yeah. No doubt. Okay, better offense. You're right. Okay. All right. So, we throw that out there. That was a 30-27 final with no T. Higgins. Or, I mean, with no... Um, not a healthy Joe Burrow. Yeah. Not a healthy Joe Burrow. It was 27-24. Yeah, I was going to say it was 27-24. I'm saying 27-24. Yeah, okay, all right. It was a three-point game, but it was a high-scoring game. I'm going to go in that same vein. I'm going to say the exact same score. Bengals 27. Ravens 21. Oh. Bengals 27. Ravens 21. We all have the Bengals winning. Now, if you, <laughs> yeah, I might have to change my score here in a second, but uh, I, I do think Tom, if you remember that first game, Joe Burrow had a chance to actually win that game. Uh, another fourth fourth quarter interception occurred. It was a disgusting, horrible interception that he threw in the fourth quarter. So uh, I, I hope that doesn't come back to bite him again. Yeah, it was. It wasn't late in the game, but it was in the fourth quarter. It was a. They had a chance to, I believe, take the lead. Uh, Charlie Jones, Tom's guy. Uh, he had a punt return uh, punt return touchdown in the game, yeah. which kind of helped the is offense. Is he as well. playing tonight? By the way, questionable. He's practiced all week. I mean, why would you activate him? He's still it's not he's like still, you don't need a receiver on it. Yoshivas is hurt. I mean, you know, why still, would you need Charlie I, Jones to come play this week? I that, think, that interception was on the opening drive of the second half. Yeah, because then they scored on their last. You're right. Two of their last three possessions. You're right. But it did lead to, to an early, a quick seven points. Tom, I don't know if you saw this, but the bank or the Ravens are, are bringing out all the stops to try to get the mojo going at the bank. Well, they should. They've got a Carmelo Anthony, a native of Baltimore. He's going to be the legend of the game. And there's a good chance that the Ravens lose. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> the Orioles out center fielder Cedric Mullins, Campbell Campbell Camel is going to be the honorary captain. Swept in the uh, division series after winning the division. Good chance the Ravens lose. Continue. But here's the big one. What's the big one? Outcast Big Boy will perform at halftime. You know Big Boy? You know Big Boy? You know Outcast? Outcast Big Boy, right? Yeah. yeah. All right, let's take a look. <laughs> They're a popular <laughs> rap group from the 90s and early 2000s. I knew, I, I've heard of Outcast. Okay, Andre I just didn't know he was the, the guy. More popular guy, but Big Boy was the other half. Maybe the greatest rap duo of all time. All right, I'm having a hard time understanding something. Yeah. What yeah. the hell does, does um, Big, Big Boy, it's Big Bowie. B-O-I. Big Boy. Big Bowie. So, <laughs> what, what is so funny? Nothing. This is the way you say it's Big what Boy. What does this it's... guy have to do with Baltimore? His real name, if you're wondering, is Antoine Andre Patton. Okay? Wait, so Stage he's name is Big Bowie. Yes, he is. All right? American rapper. Big Boy. He's from, he's from He was Midland. born and raised Midland. in Savannah, Georgia. Yeah, in, in now, what in the hell has that got to do with Baltimore? That's like the Bengals having a Bengals night uh, and bringing in Bruce Springsteen. That'd be great. Well, it would be great. Baltimore, It'd be a hell of a lot better than Big Bowie, I can tell you that. I don't know about that, Tom. I like Outcast. Baltimore is the city that never sleeps. 
Yeah. Uh, Drew, Mr. Moe has a super chat for you, Tom. Drew Garrison is blocking Buckeye fans in this chat, and you're going to let him talk on this show if they win. What kind of tyranny is this? Well, see, I didn't know that was going on. Apparently, Drew Garrison, Tom, is blocking our own chat members because they're Ohio State fans. I, now, see, that's not good. That's a typical Michigan fan. Well, you know, well, say. there's no doubt about that. No it doubt. goes without saying. I mean, come on. Come on. Big Bowie tonight. I hope they show some of that at halftime. Oh, they will. Uh, What's your check favorite Outcast? Because Outcast, Outcast was a big league band. They did Hey Ya, um, Tom. Huh? Hey -ya. I, knew, I knew you were going to say Hey Ya. They did what? You want me to say, not bring up the biggest hits? He did Hey Ya. That was just their most recent hit. They were way better in the 1990s. They, they won a Rapper of the Year over... Uh, over uh, Tupac and uh, um, what's his name? Um, Biggie, Biggie. Over Biggie. Tupac and Biggie in 1992, they Biggie both Smalls. they all came out at the same time, and Outkast won New Rapper of the Year over Tupac and Biggie. Man, Jolly Jolly wait. wants to know: Is Outkast performing or just Big Boy? It's just Big Boy. Just Big Boy. It's just Big Boy. Andre 3000 <laughs> is releasing a flute album tomorrow. A flute album? A flute album. What does that mean? He's 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 literally releasing. He's playing the flute. Yeah. Wow. Okay. It's just Big Bowie. Andre 3000's great rapper. Big Boy's good, too. Drew Garrison now says he doesn't know how to block people on YouTube. Okay, well, so somebody lied, because I believe Drew Garrison when he says it. I don't believe that. That he doesn't I, know I, how I to do it, anymore. and he didn't do it. I don't know it. who. Um, okay. All right. Big Bowie at halftime. So, um, you have today, I believe, we, yes. you have some questions in the buy or sell category. Yeah, this was something that we were going to get to yesterday, but we didn't get to it. So before the new NFL week starts, we'll get into some, some Grant NFL questions. So let's get to buy or sell, Casey. Here we go, Casey. Let's hear it. Make sure you got them ready to go. Buy, 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 buy. Sell, 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 sell. Okay, good. Here we go. All right. Here we go. That looks like my uh, bank account since I lost my job. Go ahead. <laughs> go ahead. Oh, Tom. That was... We love having you here. Uh, <laughs> I didn't say I didn't love being here, though. What I just said are the facts. Continue on. Well, if you need a place to stay, I got I I to I I guess yeah, you. I might do more because my wife just doesn't like me much. But go ahead. <laughs> my wife loves me. She dropped me off coffee today. We didn't get into that today. But uh, oh, buy that, or sell. Hey, hey, we're not there yet. Go ahead. Buy or sell. This is uh, pertaining to perhaps one of the best stories of this past weekend. We already announced that C.J. Stroud is more than likely the Offensive Rookie of the Year. Yep. Buy or sell C.J. Stroud is an MVP candidate. Tom, we'll start with you. Hit the buy, buy, buy. Buy, buy, buy! If all of a sudden he takes a team that stunk last year, brand new rookie coach, rookie quarterback, rookies all over the place, young team, he takes him into the playoffs, and, and if his touchdown to interception ratio continues to where it is now, yep. which I think it's 15 to 2, mm -hmm. if it's believe me, you're looking at a guy that could throw 31, 32 touchdowns this year and have four or five picks. There won't be another quarterback in the NFL that has a better TD to interception ratio than that. He already leads the league in yards per game. He is very, very much an MVP candidate. That's a buy. Yep. Casey? Uh, yeah, I think that this is a legit um... – this is a legit argument. I think that, just like Tom said, he has taken a team that was zero and made them somebodies. Now they got a long way to go, but if this continues, if this trajectory continues, I think he's got to be in the conversation. So. Bye, bye, bye. Nice. Nice. Elliot? Yeah, I am going to buy it as well because, again, bye, like bye, Tom bye, said, bye. If, if, he, if he takes that team 
a team that was projected four wins into the postseason. He should receive every, every award under the sun. Yeah, I'm, I'm scared to, to wonder if they're going to give it to him because he they don't like giving multiple awards to, to one guy. So I'm scared that they're just going to give him the rookie of the year and say, all right, you're not a serious MVP candidate. But he absolutely should be. I'm buying. Yes. And the reason is, is because this is a year where really no quarterback is standing out, right? All the big guys, yep. Joe Burrow, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Justin Herbert, all these guys that we consider MVP candidates before the year. No one's having a blowout season. No one's going to throw for 50 touchdowns, 45 touchdowns, nothing like that. C.J. Stroud has the best statistics. And if he can take a, quarter, a team that was – obviously the second worst team in the NFL last year and take him to the postseason with great stats as a rookie, then he absolutely should be not only a candidate, but he should win the most valuable right. player. Award. Okay. Okay. And you're right. He does have the best stats. I mean, that part, at least to this point yeah. in the year cannot even be debated. Mm -hmm. He is having the best season of any quarterback in the league. Go ahead. This also might be a year in which uh, an MVP might not go to a quarterback for Fair the very enough. reasons that I've said is because there's, there's no one really standing out. Lamar and, and Jalen and, and Patrick Mahomes with what he's been able to do with the wide receivers has been impressive, but no one's really standing out. So we might see somebody else like Christian McCaffrey or Tyreek Hill. Uh, all right. Buy or sell. I'll start this one off. All right. The Buffalo Bills won't make the postseason. Everyone always gives me crap because I'm a slappy for other teams in the AFC. I'm selling this. I think the Buffalo Bills sell, are sell, a good sell. team. I know they lost on Monday to the, the Denver Broncos. I think they can still, and I think they will still make the postseason. The AFC East, I don't believe, is very strong. I know the Dolphins have won some games, but they haven't won a game over with a team over 500. So, yeah, the Buffalo Bills are still going to make the postseason. I will sell this. Elliot. I'm going to buy it. I'm going to buy it. I actually think if you would have told me two weeks ago I would have sold this. But I, I think Reed been, been, has, has been pointing out how good the AFC has been this season. I, I, they're running out of time here. I think you got three teams in that south – division that could make the postseason they won't it won't happen that way but the texans could absolutely go yeah. and if the colts were to keep stay hot I, I, again do i believe the colts will make it probably not but you're looking at maybe four teams from the afc north make it so i the bills are running out of time here and they just fired their oc i think it's i think it's a disaster there stefan diggs is constantly saying how he's disappointed with everybody in that franchise i'm gonna i'm gonna buy it i, I think they're done they're cooked yeah, their win I think their window is legitimately closed. Is that a fair point? Yeah, I don't know. Something something does need to change there. Obviously, they went the offensive coordinator. Their current odds to make the postseason are under 25%. Yep. Tom? Uh, look, I am uh, definitely uh, buying this. They are not going to make it. When you look at their schedule, to begin with right now, they sit 11th. Even teams like the Colts are ahead of them. Yeah. And we know what kind of schedule the Texans and the Colts, among others, have. For that matter, the Raiders who have the same, Raider, the same record that they have. New head coach, you're playing much better. you got the Bengals, of course, in that mix. I look at this schedule for Buffalo. They play the Jets this week. Three, the next four games they play are against at Philadelphia, at Kansas City, Cowboys at home, at L.A. Chargers. They play the Patriots, and then at... Miami Dolphins. I don't see not three good. wins in there. Not good. And eight wins ain't going to get it. Eight and nine does not get you to the playoffs. Do you win done? Done. CC. Yeah, I have to agree with everything what uh, Tom just laid out there. That schedule. Bye, bye, bye. Way too tough. Eagles, Chiefs, Cowboys, that's three losses. That's eight losses on the season. Yeah, too much for them to handle. Okay, right. there we go. All right. 
And you are a, a Bills lackey. Go ahead. You are. Thanks. You've Thanks. always, you've always, you've Bills. always talked about the Bills. I, I, I think I've got, I think I've Bills got the Steelers. I think yeah, I got Bills the Bills, <laughs> Steelers, Chiefs, Jags. Um, I think that's it. I think, I think that's, that's it. Only, I think that's it. All right. The Chicago Bears need to draft a quarterback this year. Buy or sell. They're going to have one of the top three picks, more than likely. Certainly going to have one of the – they probably will have one of the top two picks. This is a great quarterback class. Caleb Williams, Drake May, just to name a couple. Do the Bears need to draft a quarterback? Buy or sell. Tom. I say, I'm selling this. I don't think they need to. I think that they've gone straight south on Justin Fields, and I'm not saying because he's an Ohio State guy. I'm saying you have to start putting some people around to protect the guy. If anybody has watched the Chicago Bears play this season, and, and oh, and by the way, the Bears are averaging more offensive points per game than the Bengals are this year. Can you freaking believe that? The Bears. I mean, half the time out of shotgun, Fields, now he makes mistakes and has made some terrible, glaring mistakes, reading coverages, so on and so forth. But the guy literally catches the ball and has two or three people on him before he can even plant his right foot. They don't need a new quarterback. They need a new offensive line. They had to blow up the whole organization and start all over. They just brought in Kevin Warren, commissioner of the Big Ten, to be the president. And I have heard through the grapevine, good sources in Chicago, that he is ready to blow the whole thing up. Tired of looking at it. Fair enough. Casey? Cece? Yeah, I'm going to buy this. I think that... uh... Blowing it up also includes uh, drafting a new quarterback. I think that they can easily ship, um, they can easily ship the fidget spinner out for uh, a couple draft picks, and they can you know keep adding on to building out this roster. And uh, with this quarterback draft class in the next year, they'll probably have a nice pick as well. Still, I think uh, this is a good time to draft a quarterback. Okay. So. I'm going to sell it. I think Justin Fields is not a fidget spinner. I think he's a decent quarterback, I, despite the slander that this office has uh, given him. He is a, he's a good Buckeye quarterback, and, and to be quite honest, I believe in him. I think if you blow this up for another quarterback, I think you're in the same spot because that quarterback's still going to look like shit next season when you have the same issues that Fields has been dealing with. So, no, I, I, I mean, you can go ahead and do it, but the Bear, it doesn't, it's not going to change the Bears' fate at this point. I would keep Fields and roll, with, roll the dice. I would get some pieces that help him out. So, yeah, then the question becomes, what do they do with these draft picks? Because, I mean, if you have a top two draft pick, then you can trade it. There's, I mean, you can say, yeah, we can draft Marvin Harrison, but the simple fact of the matter is is you can trade that draft pick to the third spot yep. and get some draft picks on the back end. And if the idea is to blow the whole thing up, then why not restart the clock on a quarterback? You're already two years into Justin Fields' rookie contract, and this is a really good quarterback class. It's, it's one of the best since maybe Joe Burrow's. So, I mean, you got Drake May, you got Caleb Williams. If you have one of those two two spots, I think you absolutely go after. And if they land with the number one overall pick, they should absolutely take Caleb Williams. Absolutely should take Caleb You've Williams. You've been killing a guy. I'm You've been killing, the killing guy. a guy yeah, this he has. year. He has. Killing the guy. Yep. Elliot. I, Tom, you're 100% accurate. He has I been think on he's the, the best. Anti- you he's made, the best. Fun, of the you made fun of him for crying. I do make fun of him, yeah, but I think he's the best one on the Caleb I Williams mean. slandered train oh since the beginning of last year. Oh my God. All right. All right. Here's right. The thing is, uh, you got to be kidding. Go so I'm, ahead. Buying, I'm buying this, and, and I'll, I'll tell you what you can trade Justin Fields to a team, maybe for a first round draft pick. 
Like, you're telling me the Steelers wouldn't take Justin Fields? You're telling me that there's teams around the league that look at Justin Fields that already have a complete roster? I mean, you could trade him in the division. The Vikings need a guy. So, all these things, I think you should trade Justin Fields and, and take one of these top quarterbacks. Okay, all right. Okay, but you did badmouth Caleb Williams. I Go made ahead. fun of him for crying. Go ahead. I made fun of him for crying. All right. All right, final one. Why I got... can't a man cry? Seriously. Why can't a man cry? There's nothing wrong with crying. Go ahead. It's just the elitist of the world. You just can't have fifth graders getting beaten in a basketball game. Cry. Yeah. A man can cry, but not 10-year-olds. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> buy buy or sell tomorrow. Tonight, Thursday night football. If the Bengals lose, the season is over. Elliot. Now, what does that mean? If that the means Bengals there's no lose, playoffs. They, they, they've dug themselves too big of a hole. One okay. and five in the conference, okay. 0 okay. in the division. Okay. You're just saying to make the playoffs. Correct. Okay. Buy or sell, Elliot. I'm going to, unfortunately, buy this. Buy, buy, buy! I'm going to buy it all the way to the bank. At some point, the Bengals have to show up. And I know they did against the 49ers. I know, I know they did against the Bills. But if you go 5-5 five and five and you're going to cement yourself in, in, the, in the cellar of the NFC, AFC North, you're not going to give yourself any chance here. You have to win this game. You have to. You have to. You, you, you can't expect to make the playoffs in fourth place in this division. Win the game, you stay alive, you lose the game, you're done, you're cooked, the season's, the season's gone. As much as I want to say bye, as much as I want to put me into that category because I understand how important this game is, I can't look at what the Bengals can do. There's still plenty of games left in the season. Yes, if they lose this game, the division race is over. No doubt about it. But they can still make the postseason, so I'm selling it. I'm sell, selling sell, it. This, sell. is two, this is a huge game tonight. If they win, they're all the way back. But if they lose, hold the glimmer of hope still alive because they're still 5-5. Five and five. They can win a lot of games and get to 11 wins, get to 10 wins, and still scratch their way into the postseason. So I'm selling it. It's not the end of the year. Casey? Yeah, I am buying this 100%. Buy, buy, buy. If you wow, listen, if you, I am stunned. If you listen to Mac and JT at all, we kind of broke down – the rest of the, the teams that are in that playoff hunt, the Bengals would literally hold no tiebreakers to anyone. They'd have to anyone. get to 11 wins. They have to get to 11 wins. And, I mean, <laughs> the, if, if they were to lose, they would have to get wins, have to get wins against the Jags. They'd have to get wins against the Chiefs. And even that doesn't really close the gap at all. If you're looking at all the wild card teams, it's going to be based off of their head-to-head -head and – the only head-to-head -head that you'd really have in that scenario is possibly the the Jags and the Bills, which Colts. we already we already talked about the the Bills and how we don't think they're going to be in the playoffs. We already talked about the Jags on the show many times how we think they're fraudulent. I don't know. I just don't like the Bengals' chances if they lose this game. It's a, a dire situation for them this week. Okay. You know what, Casey? You've changed my mind. I was going to sell, and now I'm a buy. Is that it? That's it. That was the buy or sell segment. Today. Okay, good. Because we have a couple of things we have to address before we get out of here today. Number one, we're sitting here this morning in Hamilton, Ohio. Um, you know, you, some people are breakfast eaters. Some people aren't, right? Some people are coffee drinkers. Casey is one of the few I know that is not, right? I'm Need also not. Okay, Need and Elliot's be. not either. I am. And I, I found out this morning that Reed is. What does this say real quick as a super chat since we put it up? All things have been resolved with Drew and I, Mr. Mo says, for $5. Turns out Matt Weiss hacked his computer looking for Connor Stallion's manifesto. All love here. 
Beautiful. So, I love There's it. some drama in the chat. Okay, so we found out today that um, that Reed likes coffee. How did we find that out? Did he walk out to the machine out there and make one? No, because there's no pods out there. Um, I, don't, I don't even know if there's water out there. Um, what, what are you laughing about? There are no pods out there. I like you taking shots. It's right. funny. So, so what happens? I mean, I'm sitting here, right? I mean, I'm just like this, right? I'm sitting there and I'm reading the I'm reading the the, the, the athletic on my computer, Some right? Nice ankles, Tom. And he, yeah, they look good. <laughs> um, so, and then all of a sudden, in walks your wife, Mariana. Mariana yeah. Right? Does she go by Mariana or Mariana? Mariana. Mariana. Okay. Mariana walks in. She walks in just right through the door, like she owned the joint. And she walks over to her husband, and she hands him a cup of coffee, just made at some local place, and she hands him a muffin. And and, and his face was one of like, she had just, uh, you know, brought in, uh, what? Elliot, what would be the equivalent, the look? It's, it's, it's like she gave him homework. Like It's like she came in here with ch- a chore list, and that's what she gave him. You know what? That's a great one, a chore yeah. list. Because anybody who's a married man, they understand that. Yeah. It's like she gave him a chore list. He basically, through his reaction, clearly broke her heart. It was, this, it was horrible. It was foul. This is what, was, was what it was. I mean, she was chapped when she walks out of here. Now, do you think he's going to hear about that tonight? I know he will. I know he will. It was disgusting. She offered him a, a muffin, and he said, the first thing he says was, I don't want this muffin. Right. Can Not you thank imagine? you. I, I, Tom, I, I'm just trying to imagine somebody offering me a free muffin, and I have the audacity to look at them in the eye and say, I don't want your muffin. Keep right. your muffin. Right. So here's what happened. Mariana texts me, and she goes, hey, I'm going to go get some coffee. Do you want a coffee? I said, yes, I would love a coffee, hon. Thank you very much. And she comes in here. She brings me a coffee. I had already eaten a banana. And then she offers me a, a, a big coffee cake muffin, like, like a big boy, like who's performing at the, the Ravens game tonight. And I said, honey, I've already eaten no thanks on the muffin. And she goes, well, I brought it for you. I said, well. And that's so nice of her. Right. And I turned it down. And then Tom and Elliot immediately just go, oh, my God, how mean are you? Well, it's, because, it's, you it's because you've made us all victims in here. We had to watch that, that, that crime, that atrocity occur. Casey and Tom and I have to put our head in the sand now That's because right. we're watching Reed deny a gift from his wife. Right in front. It's like, I mean, Merry Christmas. Reed basically just said, uh, yeah, thanks for the present. I don't want it. Keep it. Get out. That's what he said. Yeah, basically, basically. So I basically. end up taking the muffin. And I scarf it down. Now my tummy hurts because I ate too much this morning. You didn't even eat it at all. I send a text to my wife. I say, I love you. Thank you so much. She sends me back a text. You're mean. You could have pretended you wanted it. Ungrateful. (laughs) And she's right. Spot on, Marianne. Spot on. Spot on. So I'm in the doghouse. I'm sleeping. I'm sleeping on the street. Uh, me and my two dogs are going to be on the street You know street what? It doesn't today. matter, though, because you'll be up late watching a Bengals game. That is true. That it is does, true. It doesn't That's make right. any difference. That's right. All right. Watching them win. Okay. So, uh, look, tomorrow, I mean, where will we be when we reconvene by the grace of God at 10A tomorrow? Where will we be? Will we be celebrating a Bengals win and right back in the hunt and everybody and his brother jumping back on the bandwagon? Or will the streets be littered, the sidewalks, where the, the lawnmower man has to literally do figure eights? 
<laughs> because people have jumped off the bandwagon. I'm being serious here for a second. Where are we? Where are we going to be? Where are we going to be? All of us have predicted a Bengals win. Kyle Kasky has predicted a Bengals loss. 26-24. What is he, though? Well, what, I'm just, what kind of acumen does he have? In, whatever in he yeah. you know, Look, everybody has their own opinion. It's fine. Um, all right, it's time for our cherry on top. Now, let me set this up. We know Craig Council left as the manager of the Milwaukee Brewers, now the manager of the Cubs. This was the Milwaukee Brewers general manager's son, who you're about to see. His dad handed him a cell phone to call Pat Murphy. And here's what transpires. Pat Murphy, the bench coach, the last few years under Craig Council. Hi. That's pretty cool. Pretty cool. You like it or do you think, nah? No, I like it. What was the wheelbarrow joke? Wheelbarrow means a wheelbarrow full of money. Ah, go nice. uh, tell your dad to go get the wheelbarrow. Nice. Wheelbarrow nice. of cash. Love that. Yeah. Love that. that was you awesome. like it, Ellie? It's probably not your style, is it? I like that. What do you mean it's not my style? It's kind of not doesn't, your style. He doesn't like kids. So he like, doesn't. <laughs> no. He's always, anytime no. that a kid does something cute, no. he just, uh, yeah. grumpy. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Yeah. Casey, did you like that? Yeah, that was cute. That was cute. Well, you and your bride are getting close to that time. Oh, Tom. You're, you're, you're banging on that door. You're getting close. You've been married how long now? How many months? Six? Uh, yeah, it's six, six, seven months. Yeah. yeah. You guys are getting close. I mean, your, your families are asking about it, right? Yeah, they, they've been asking. Yeah, they've been asking. Okay. Been asking. So I'm not the only one? No, no. Okay, fair enough. All right. Well, everybody, have a great rest of your, uh, Any programming notes? Uh, no. Uh, Chatterbox Bengals will be live after in the fourth quarter of the Bengals game. Tonight. Right. So much like Chatterbox Reds, mm -hmm. our guys pick it up in the fourth. Yep. Right. They kind of do a little play by play if I, if I've seen it right. Yeah. A little, a little bit. Yeah. They're just watching the game. Just right. a little watch along. Right. Reacting play by live, play. Yeah. Live, yeah live which reaction. is good stuff. So that's tonight. Uh, you can, you can start right here on YouTube, Chatterbox Sports in the fourth quarter. And, uh, and they'll be there for that. We will be back here tomorrow. We hope, uh, 10 o'clock, hopefully talking about a Bengals win. If not, trouble in Dodge. See you tomorrow. Have a great rest of your day.